This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. Starting May 5th on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure, and agony as teams go head-to-head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through pain is the name of the game. With so much edge-of-your-seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your sweater. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs beginning May 5th on TNT and TBS. It's me, the sun-soaked tropical hotel looking for a companion who enjoys short walks to sandy beaches and exotic bird sightings. My only weakness? You'll never want to leave me. Download the Hotels app to find me, your perfect somewhere. Good morning, Honey Holers, and welcome to Honey Hole Hangout Podcast. (laughs) Where we sit around a table and we talk about the things we love, which usually includes fly fishing, hunting, and conservation. Uh, we have a great show for you today. We are going to review a new type of drink. Ooh. Talk about Zach's fishing trip. Yeah. Zach and I went to an improv show. Uh-huh. Gabe saw wrestling. Gabe is with us. Good afternoon, morning, afternoon, whatever time of the whatever day. Whatever time listen. you're listening. We talked with Wes about conservation on the Texas coast. Yep. Zach's got a great creature for us. Uh, apparently, Brushy, you shouldn't be in Brushy Creek, according to Gabe. We'll find out about that. We played another round of Fly or Band, and we had a great interview with Edgar from Sightline Provisions. And you'll get to hear all about that after a note from our sponsor, Honey Hole Angling. <laughs> Please support us because we don't have sponsors. <laughs> I like it. I was like, What's he? this is news to me. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Zach didn't know where I was going. No, hey, was you know what? We sponsor our own podcast. Yeah. So uh, we have great fly tying materials on our website. We do. Uh, we have out of every animal known to man. We have Texas whitetail bucktails. That's we right. have coyote fur. We have moose hair. Where else yeah. can you buy moose hair? Yeah. You have golden bison. We have golden, golden bison. bison. Bison is not naturally golden. This was a naturally golden bison. What? Once this stuff is gone, it is gone. That's right. There's no more. That's right. Man bear pig? We have man bear, man bear pig head? We, we have wild boar hair. We have a little bit of this guy named Hank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we have warthog hair, which is unique. Uh, caribou? Basically, oh, beaver fur. Basically, anything that you wouldn't fly to, fl- to f- be able to find at a fly shop, we right. decided we're going to take all of that stuff and put it on our website. Exactly. So if that interests you, go check it out, honeyholeangling.com. That's right. We do not have any illegal birds, though, such as birds of paradise. Yeah, we do, no, no, no. No illegal birds. No illegal birds. That'd Everything we have is legal. Hair. We did get, uh, according to Zach, we got blocked on Facebook from selling fly tying materials through Facebook. Yeah, they said no selling of live animals. <laughs> and they had a picture of a clump of fur. Was, I, I, don't ask me why, but I have read some of those the fine print on there. And uh-huh. besides the bird stuff or live animals, you cannot sell blood on Facebook. So like your, any type of blood? It says blood. <laughs> Human okay. blood. You cannot sell on Facebook. Can you sell food on Facebook? Uh, yeah, you can. Because like, if you sold like blood sausage, where would that fall? Well, I think it's sausage 
I think if if you have your line, your dash. Yeah, yeah. What if you sold edible congealed blood? No, it literally said that human is weird. Blood. You know, you know what? Put it up. Put it up, <laughs> and let's, let's see what happens. happens. We'll see let's if see it gets what, taken down. That's, that's you guys can't buy our materials through Facebook. That's all we're saying. You guys have to go directly to our website. Right to it. Hey, yeah. but it's easy to remember. Honeyholeangling.com. Yep. We have other great things there, too. I'd like to personally thank our sponsor for supporting our show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who it is next week. <laughs> all right, guys. So we are drinking a different type of drink this week. Yes. Gabe, will you tell us what you brought for us? Because I love you all so much, I try to find all the coolest things out there. This is a limited time only Crown Royal Whiskey Lemonade. Already pre-done. It's their newest variety. Brings comes, together comes canned. It, it is canned, ready to. You just chill, crack it open, and it just—it's amazing. And um, if you're a texture fella, yeah, the can has a nice little. I did like that. Can you hear it? Comes in a four pack. Um, and you guys might have seen seen the other ones. They have the peach. They have the uh, an apple, and the then tea. the whiskey and cola. Surprisingly, like. I don't know what it is. I've always been a sucker for whiskey and RC Cola. Uh-huh. And this is pretty close, already pre-mixed in a can. Really? It tastes just like whiskey. You guys are and lazy and like RC overpriced cola. pre-canned uh mixes. Yeah. Then hey, you know perfect. What, but sometimes it's just easy. Yeah, I didn't think it was that much. I think it was around like no, it $10 is or it less. is easy. <laughs> and if you go to an event that's like BYOMB but no liquor, like bringing that in a exactly. can. Exactly. Who would be like, oh, you got a oh, lemonade? Yeah. 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 You got eliminated in here? Yeah. And for the ladies, the the uh, <laughs> Washington Apple one, which is the green can, solid. It's going to go. It's going to get passed around. It's good. Or, so I've know. been sipping on this for a while. My first taste was like, whoa, this is weird. Um, but it doesn't taste it, like alcohol. It has. It does not, and that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. It does not taste like alcohol, and that's dangerous. But uh, Zach and I made uh, – Zach had some tea. Yeah. We actually made Arnold Palmer's. Yeah, you can't get wrong with it. Yeah, the guys have already started drinking. I just cracked mine open, and it's it's like almost like a the pulpier version of a lemonade. Yeah, yeah, lemonade with like a tiny little bit. Like, what's that? You know? Yeah, it's like yeah, it's just just more of a punch. But like, I've had a couple of these. Like, <clears throat> Jack Daniels did a Jack and Cola one where it was in a bottle a few years ago. Not great, uh, but you could taste that like like. That like malt liquor almost flavor, but I don't, yeah. I don't think they were putting whiskey in theirs. I think there was like actually like some sort of like malted alcoholic beverage. Yeah, this this whole stuff is becoming really popular. Like everyone's coming out with with items. Um, I saw there's a Jack and Coke one that's already like pre pre ready to go. It's in a can. Yeah, in a can, ready to go. Um, or like what was it that um that one we tried the vodka ones at uh, Trout Fest. Ooh, those were good. I don't remember and what those are good and dangerous. Truly? Nope. No, no they truly weren't. Truly's truly gross. <laughs> White Claw? <laughs> White Claw? <laughs> no, those were good. Yeah. But they're not in our area, so I kind of like was drinking as much as I could at Trout Fest. And oh, I thought they were. No, they're coming to the San Antonio area soon. Mm. But they're only in the Houston area and Dallas Fort Worth area. Right not now. even Austin? Not yet. They're really? working on it. Weird. I, they just started. I think this is perfect to like if you wanted to drink something other than beer. Honestly, I'm into this. Like, yeah. I'm digging it. I like you this know. more than beer. Especially I'm not like a beer 100 guy. degrees outside, and you don't want to truly, and you oh, don't yeah. want something heavy. Exactly. This is nice. Right? Yeah. This isn't bad. You know, hey, throw a little mint in there. Muddle it up. I don't know. Let's get crazy. Arnold Palmer, I'll do that every no, but, day. But to your point, for seven, <laughs> we've gone from like <laughs> 9,500 something stuff to 7%. 7%. Um, yeah, I can see where you could you could make a bad decision yeah. pretty quick. 
Oh, so, yeah. You pound like three of these and you're, oh, like, yeah. oh, you're out. So, Zach, we did something together this weekend. It wasn't hunting or fishing related, but it was fun. That's right. It was fun. Uh, you went to your first improv show? Well, so kind first, of? first uh, professional improv show. Gotcha. When I was in high school, I did improv and we did all that oh, kind of stuff. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um. But first professional show, and it was a blast. It honestly, we did a couples date. We did, and it was so much fun. Like Kendall had a great time. You know, it was just like I don't know, so funny. I like, love you it. Laughing the whole time, like from beginning to end. The audience participation is fantastic. Yeah, that's a good thing because it's kind of a smaller venue. Yep, probably thirty people, thirty to forty people. Yeah, I would yeah, say yeah. a small venue, but everyone's into it. Everyone's throwing suggestions out. And it's like a totally like just like chill, safe environment too. Like nobody's it's saying B- anyth- it's BYOB. It's BYOB. Nobody's saying anything weird or kind of like we can like grit your teeth. Like ooh, you don't really see that anymore, you <laughs> yeah. know. So it's like no, it was great. Yeah, it, it was fun. McKenna, we found that place because we literally used to live right behind it, and we would go almost every weekend. Oh yeah. And then McKenna started taking classes there and would do like their minor league performances, which is like uh, them in training basically. And uh, it's just super fun. If you guys are in San Antonio, it's called Comedy Sports. They actually have different locations in Texas. Like, there's a Comedy Sports in, like, Houston. Um, and I think there's one, like, in the Dallas area. And so uh, they're they're super fun to go to. It's fast-paced games, so you're, like, in it the whole time. Yeah. Also, like, uh, an hour and a half. I think it's how long it went. Yeah. So that's with the bad. intermission in the middle. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Honestly, like honestly, Kendall had such a good time. Immediately when we left, we were like, "Ooh, we gotta do this again." Yeah, it and was, we'll go with you guys every time. It was so great. Yeah, we'll get game on it next time oh, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, I'd like to point out that I did get third place. It is uh, comedy sports because they compete. Yeah, they're not commenting about sports. It it's is comedy where they have uh, like a like a game. competition. It's whose line ish. Yes. It's Who's Line-ish. Different games, like you wouldn't, watching Who's Line, it's not the same. But uh, Can you describe two... that? What, what, what's the Who's Line is it anyway? What's Who's Line is it anyway? Yeah, there's, I mean, you said Who's Line-ish. If for someone not knowing what that is, so what it's is like it? uh, somebody has like a topic... And they, uh, you, and then like there's three or four competitors, and they all have to riff off that topic. And improv is just like there's no script, no really time to think about it. It's just kind of like off the top of your head. Yeah, like uh, McKenna gave a suggestion that was like brilliant. Um, I think they asked what's something that you could fit in your hand, and I think they asked actually. She asked Kindle. Yeah, in the audience. and Kendall got starstruck. <laughs> Kendall got <laughs> starstruck, and then McKenna was like a tiny pumpkin. Yeah, and. The audience was like, oh, that's a dang good suggestion. Yeah. And then they actually, like, in the competition, were able to figure it out. And it was fun to, like, watch them come to that figure process it because it was such an abnormal yep. It was such an abnormal suggestion. And so they just do games and compete. And I, I walked away with three points, actually. Yeah, and I did. got third place. You stole a point from one of the teams. I did. I did steal a point from my participation, uh, granted me some points. And then I was uh, – uh, Someone committed a foul because there's a referee and there's things that you can't do. Someone committed a foul, and they gave <laughs> me the option to give them a point. Uh, they don't lose any points or take a point, and I decided to be cruel and take a Dang. point. I know. I'm sad. They were not expecting that. They were not expecting that. But it was it, great. And it was lost. great. See, I, I only have one reference to improv stuff, and that's that's from The Office, watching watching Mike go to his oh, improv class. Agent oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he he's got a gun. <laughs> Agent Michael Scarn. <laughs> Every single time. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Yeah. 
So, uh, Zach, you went uh, fishing with a buddy and uh, also got some great barbecue. I did. Yep, you guys. I've heard everybody talk about Blackboard Barbecue up in Sisterdale for so long. And every time I go, I'm always, like, fishing in the afternoon or evening, and it's always closed because they sell out, you know. Mm-hmm. Or I go super early in the morning, and I'm by myself, and I'm like, I'm not going to wait around for two hours for them to open. And so uh, my buddy and I, we made the intention of going up around noon, grabbing barbecue, and then fishing. And, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. We had a great time. Uh, but the f- the barbecue was really good. We didn't get many sides. We just got ribs, uh, brisket. And we did get the Lukenbach drum. Uh, oh, the, the, the pops, the lollipops. Yeah, yep. te- yeah, yeah. Lukenbach. Oh, those are the best. Yep. Yeah. And they're good. I don't know. Are, are they quail? Yeah, I thought they yeah. were. They were fried quail legs. Yeah, they're yep. fried quail legs with like a special sauce. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like a lemon aioli. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, so good. But it's really good. Yeah. So we had that brisket was really good, and they're thick. That's the problem. Like they're they're big. Oh, it's yeah. easy they to think lollipops that because like they 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 like. Push all the meat into one end, so it becomes like this big old like Lollipop. meatball. The meat. Yeah, man, it's fantastic. You know, how many licks does it take to get to the titular center of a lollipop? It took me six. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're big. They come in usually a pack of three. Man, they're fantastic. Did you guys ever do that uh, experiment in fifth grade? The how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop? No. Do you I've seen that commercial. Science I mean, I've seen that commercial. He takes a bite on three. Oh yeah. No, you never know. That's why we'll the never know. Says, the we'll never know. We knew. Except we didn't lick it. They didn't allow us to lick it because they said it would be too messy. And so we had to just put it in our mouth and just suck on it. And they timed it. So it was, but does that count? Yeah, I mean, you're... No, I was, we still don't know how many licks. We know how much time it took. and Probably like 25 minutes. Yeah. You know. Someone find out. Let us know. <laughs> right. yeah. We need to know. The world needs to know. The world yeah. needs to know. Exactly. We had that kind of time, though. Did you guys catch some fish? The barbecue was good. Did y'all catch any we fish? We did, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, it was probably the first day so far this year that you could actually wade because it was a couple days in a row where it got up to about 80, 82, you know? Yep. And um, so weather was nice. It was a little cloudy, and then it broke. And then um, he had never fly, or he had fly fished one other time before, and he didn't catch anything. And so uh, he caught, I caught, you know, it always works when you get out there and you're trying to show somebody how to do it. And then, like, you catch a fish, you know. And so I caught a Dude, quad. Every. Every single time. You're just like, hey, this is how the cast works, you know. Like, see what I'm doing? And all of a sudden, like, I'm, like, stripping <laughs> in. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I can't tell you how many times, like, at two. Dude, you've been with yeah, me at two on classes where I'd be giving a demonstration Obviously, trying not to catch a fish, like s- casting and then picking the fly up and like skating it out of the water, like, yeah. and then a fish would take, it. take it. And then those guys, people would fish for like thirty minutes. They and would never catch it. They would. Oh yeah, yeah. So that actually <laughs> reminds me. Uh, so the guy I went with, he took the two hundred one. He actually went out to the property, uh, their Diego's property. Um, oh really? So yeah. he took the two hundred one class with me. You were not there though. Uh, I don't know. We didn't know each other then. Okay. You know? So we we might have been. Uh, but he was like, yeah, I didn't catch anything. He was like, nobody caught anything. <laughs> um, That's how it goes sometimes. I know. but we There are fish out there. It's just out of Diego's pond, you kind of have to cast a little bit further than most people you do. can. You do. Yeah. Yep. Um, Especially newbies. Oh, yeah. But it's the best we can do, like close to the store and. Yeah, and everybody yeah. has access to water, and there's not many trees to cook. Yeah. Which is the other big part because yeah. that's. Uh, that's a major thing with newbies, but um, it was fun. We all caught, we caught a couple of guads each, and we were only out there for like an hour and a half. Yeah, 
So it was um, it was definitely a productive day. Nice. And the like the water felt great. I think they should go with the training classes. Just deliberately cast into a big bush. All right, go go get it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, we go did plan it out. out. We did if you're frustrated out. now, just yeah. quit. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well have practice with <laughs> it. <You know>? Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did plenty of that on Sunday. We definitely learned how to get some flies out of trees. Lost a couple too. I should weed people out, right? Okay, everyone. Here's what we're gonna do first: <laughs> cast into a bush. If you can get it out, not say dirty words or cuss words. You're you good. get to stay. Everybody to else. Stay. <laughs> <laughs> because this is how it's gonna be. Moving forward, Forever. and every, actually, every time you get it out, we'll add a new thing to your line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, we'll do that. Or, or better yet, uh, every time you get it out, you'll also have to owe me a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that's how this sport's gonna go. You're just gonna keep buying new stuff just to get yeah. Just to, yeah. <laughs> we should we should do a fly fishing hell week like seals training mm. and just put them through like a week of hell. And if they're if they made it through that, then okay. Now you guys can have fun. Yeah. yeah. You guys <laughs> you are guys, in. Now, now you, you guys can, ha- can have fun. Yeah, now you guys can now have fun. You, now until you then, all your catches. And the hell fish. week is just like. <laughs> catfish. Oh, my goodness. That's all you're oh, catching is catfish. catfish right now. And hell week is just like three hours straight of just us making purpose <laughs> knots. Nice. Like, okay, here, untie it. Untie it. There you go. <laughs> I mean, because really, if you can get through that, you can get through anything. Yeah. Fly you can. fishing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we actually got one question. Uh, Ooh, what's the question? I noticed that if we don't have a guest, because we've pre-recorded the interviews, and I'm not like, uh-huh. hey, we're having so-and-so on, submit a question. I found that we're less interesting than our guests, and so people don't ask us questions. They only ask questions when we have a guest. Oh. But uh, we did get a question. I mean, you know, makes I get it. Yeah, I get it. My feelings, my feelings. I mean, well, I mean our guests are interesting. You know what we think about. Uh, <laughs> uh, top three cheating flies. Oh, cheating flies. Yeah. Okay. Like that I use, or that like my opinion. I think that person asked that question because the picture I posted with the submit your questions oh, was, was this one. Fly. Was the, oh, the, cor- corn fly. the corn? The corn fly. fly. Uh, hmm. I would say that would be a top cheating fly. The corn fly. The corn fly. Yeah. Yeah. Like anything on a treble hook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything with scent bait. Or uh, whatever we call it. <sighs> Are squirmy worms cheating flies? Nah. Well, that's also because I don't like squirmy worms. You already know the fact that I hate the squirmy worms. It works. I'll I'll fish it. Don't get me wrong, but is it a fly? And I know we have that conversation. If you can put it's the right on it. Um, but actually, but yeah, my opinion changed because of Trout Fest. Because I met a guy at the road. Have you met Joe? Did you go talk to Joe at Trout Fest? He was tying at the real recovery booth. Yeah, you just it's all um, threadless. Yeah, threadless. Just a whole bunch of glue. Yeah, and those flies look fantastic. Yeah, they look pretty solid. And I'm like, ooh, I might have to change my opinion on this because he's tying great-looking flies without without thread thread at all. One of the first times I went out to the quad um, when I started this this journey in fly fishing, I saw a gentleman casting a rod. And I was like, oh wow, that's that's cool. And as he pulled his line up, he took a bag out and added a new piece of dried corn. <laughs> and um, and casted it back out, and I was like, "Wait a second And uh, yeah, I mean, it worked. I've, I've seen guys. It worked. I've seen guys throw uh, like Texas rigs on fly mm-hmm. fly rods. Like take a ten weight and throw a Texas. Oh rig. yeah, yeah. Just pop a little bit. Ugh. I saw a lot of guys coming in and using it for either crappie rods or um, you know, or, or for catfish rods just because they liked the sensitivity at the end of it. Um. Let's let me. Let, That's a tough one. Let me it change. Is. Let me change it because yeah, I'll cheater flies is kind of weird. What are the uh, most um, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I had it, but I lost it. You know, I thought about this the other day. I saw like a dry erase board with a little like the mop, you mm-hmm. know, like the mop eraser. Yeah. And I thought to myself and I was like, I don't necessarily know if the mop fly deserves all the hate it gets. You know, I I would think that that's more of a fly than again the squirming worm, right. only because of the looking at the the rubber part or the uh, um, you know the plastic part of it. Right. It's like okay, you know, if we're just talking about thread, then I can just go to any bass thing and get a you know a jig hook and and put a plastic on it and toss it out. Right. You know, uh, but uh, again. It works. Right. It's great. No, I, I know what the mob fly though. I know what my question was now. Uh-huh. Give, what are your what are the so a couple gimmicky flies? What do you mean gimmicky? Gimmicky is in like uh should they really Okay, for example, have you you know the flounder fly? Yeah. Mm. I caught yeah. some fish on. That fly is 100% gimmicky, but oh, yeah, yeah. It, it was works. fun to go catch a fish on. Now that that's the one that has like a little leather piece that's cut out like a little leather piece. Yeah, yeah, that's cut out like a flounder like it was such a gimmick, but I still went out and fished it and caught fish because I had I wanted to. Well, what are some other like gimmicky, gimmicky flies? Man, I, you know, again, I'd say like the squirmy worm to me is like the epitome of that. But it works. That's the problem. It works. Past that, I don't know. I don't know what else would be would be gimmicky. Yeah, nothing I can think of at the top of my the head. The corn one would be gimmicky. You yeah, know? the one we post on our story—that's yeah. definitely gimmicky. You know, I have, um, I have those flies that kind of look like a little drop shot. You know, they're all chenille. Mm. You know, but um, like they're supposed to kind of represent, uh, like you know, it's like a big soft plastic. You know, mm. so you could argue that that one's a little gimmicky, right? But at the end of the day, it also looks like a big leech or a worm, too. Oh, you know, you know what flies a little gimmicky? The uh, flies where they tie thingamabobbers onto them, the hoppers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, with, like, the big, fat, like, foam. Sur- uh, yeah, it's literally a thingamabobber, like a foam bobber built yeah. around a fly. Because, you know, if you're fishing a dry dropper, hopper dropper, you know, but uh, you look at that fly; it's like uh, that's kind of that's kind of. I mean, um, imagine a hundred years ago, people having this conversation of dry fly versus wet fly. Going oh yeah. like I can't believe those guys are even using. No, no, a hundred years ago they were like, uh, "I'm trying to ca- catch some food so my family can eat dinner." <laughs> yeah. We're not having these conversations. No, not okay. We'll all. go twenty yeah. twenty years more than when <laughs> to nineteen twenty. <laughs> you know, having those discussions on what what constitute. Constitutes a, pro- uh, a a proper fly, you because you had that because dry fly was it. You were using anything else, maybe a hair's ear, but those were all wet flies. So sure. yeah, it used was to be all like dry. all dries. That was it. Yeah, and then you got your 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 uh, your wet fly stuff, and that that kind of was like oh well, you know. So there's a line. I'm sure there's a line. There's always been a line somewhere. The line just progressively changes, you know. Yeah, but um, but one day I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get tired of it. I'm just gonna I mean, because like, and and some bass bass oh, yeah. lures and there you go slam them <laughs> catch yeah, you personal know. best how would you how would that work you you you're calling texas parks hey i got a water body record well, what was the, what was the fly you would use uh, it's a it's like a berkeley worm <laughs> <laughs> but it but it was on a it was on it's a euronymph hook <laughs> <laughs> so gabe you did something interesting this weekend mhm 
What'd you do? I did. You went to a show. I did go to a show. <laughs> <laughs> I went I went to wrestling, uh wrestling shows. I would say if if anywhere you're at, anywhere you're listening, if there is a local church that is supporting a wrestling group on a Saturday night in the oh church gym, gosh. go to it. <laughs> go to go. it. it. That is, sounds like a good idea. It, it does sound like a It's the idea. best ten dollars that you'll spend. It usually, you know, I've been to a couple of these. Um, we have a couple of, there's like a couple of different little, I wouldn't say like leagues, but like circuits, I guess. And it's all the same thing. Usually six to seven matches. Um, there's an intermission in the middle. You know, you have a guy that'll wrestle, and then as soon as he's done, he, he goes over to his to his uh, his table to sell merchandise that he's got. I mean, these guys, <laughs> these guys are, are working through it. And, you know, Zach and I were talking about like, you know, kind of akin to um, like minor league ball. You know, this is the this is the starting point. Everyone got their start somewhere, and uh, and these shows. I mean, it was ten dollars to get in. Hot dogs were like two bucks. Um, it's just a solid, a solid show, a solid evening. Uh, the matches are great. You know, some of these guys. This is their first match. They're they're really struggling. They have some guys that are you know really good. Um, but uh, it does get it does get a little crazy. Who was your favorite wrestler? Uh, there was there was the last two. Um, it was like a it was the prime time fight. Yeah, yeah it was the it was the, it was a tag team what fight. The title the title card. Yeah, the yeah, title, title card. card. <laughs> uh, the San Antonio local church title <laughs> card. Yeah, fight. And, and it comes out and even and even even better. They were like, oh yeah, there's no rules to this one. What? You're like what? There's like no rules. How do you get? How does that exist? No, no rules. You 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 want to jump into the crowd and grab their chair and hit your comp- opponent in the face with it? It's it's a thumbs up. You're good to go. What about rocks? Whatever's there. <laughs> oh, so man. so again, I've seen this. I feel like this happens. Like at the last match, it's always the crazy one. It's that always gets you the to come no back, rules. One. Right. <laughs> and the guys. Back. So for ten bucks, I'm in the front row, and there's only oh, like four nice. rows behind me. Oh, so every seat's a good seat. Every seat's a great seat, <laughs> and then it never fails. Guys go out of the ring. They're right there in front of you, and then all of a sudden, one guy's like, "Hey, you get out of your chair!" And they grab this chair, and then they're you know they hit each other with it, <laughs> and everyone gets out of their chair because they're fighting in the middle of the of the seating section. And then they get back into the ring, and everyone literally just kind of picks up their chair and they <laughs> they kind of line themselves back up where they were sitting, and and then watch this fight. And um, oh man, it was just it's it's look it's ten bucks. It it, it yeah it's not. Wrestle meeting or whatever, but you know these guys are hustling. You know this is their dream, and and um, it, it was just it's a it's a fun time. This is their fly fishing. This, this is yeah. their fly fishing. Yeah. This is their fly fishing. But yeah. ten, uh, ten, and it's all been like that. Ten. I think the most I paid was fifteen for a guaranteed front row seat that included a drink and a hot dog. Oh man, uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, that's the best. yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic. So I went with my dad and my sis and and uh, and and hung out and, and did it. And it's that's it, awesome. It was, it was it's a fun time. I we need to do it as a group. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm like we need to do that as soon as and possible. And there there is no there's there's definitely um you know there's there's one in, in pretty much every town. If not, they're moving. So go go do it. Go support them. Um, have a fun time. This reminds me. I'm watching the show uh, The Righteous Gemstones. Yes. Yeah. Are, you, are you watching yeah, it? Oh, yeah. Are you, are you caught up? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I'm one or two episodes behind. And uh, it just reminds me of, like, the little underground, not underground, but, like, the minor league wrestling yeah, that's thing exa- that they're all messed up with. That is exactly how. I mean, <laughs> you know, back then, the, even more so. But, you know, these are guys that are just hustling and, and you know, they, they have regular jobs. And, you know, they were saying one guy works at Academy. 
you know, yeah. and then he was like, I'm just out here, and I'm sure after he got his butt whipped, and, you know, that the floor is all wood, you know it hurts when they're landing on it, but he pretty sure went to work the next day, yeah. he had to, <laughs> he had to, so it's oh, a good man. time. That's great. Yeah, it's a good time. So, uh, I'd like to, that, you guys talking about a show made me think about uh, giving an update on 1883, because I finished it. Oh, yeah? Did you, have you guys watched it? No. No. Okay, so... I kind of poo-pooed on it on a previous episode uh-huh. because it was getting very dramatic, uh, a little soap overly opery. dramatic and soap opery. Uh, I would like to make an update <laughs> in the fact that the show ended very well. Really? And they tied it in a nice bow, and it goes in a direction that you would not expect at all. And they're not doing and a season two. That was like, they don't have to. They tied it up. Nice little bow. If they want to, there's opportunity, uh-huh. but uh, they do not have to. I heard that they, instead of doing like a season two, what they're going to do is they're going to do these little serials of like 1883, 1906. Like yeah. they're going to do like these little like gap years where like they tell a story of what happens in that year. You cool. Know? Uh, I you're like that would be yeah, done. Whatever. It's just more like 1883. Bring. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, wh- whatever. But I was maybe I'll keep watching it if, if that's how it ended. Yeah, it, it. You know, the problem I have with like traditional westerns, they all are kind of the same. Yeah, I mean, uh, don't hate on a western. No, I, I don't want to hate on because there's westerns that I really like, but also a western's a western, and they generally go in a direction. This went a hundred like an eighty degrees different than I thought it was, and. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. Although in the middle, it does get very dramatic, and a lot happens in one episode, and you're like, man, this is kind of crazy. I tied up. They tied it up in a nice bow, and I would rather have that than have, like, Game of Thrones. No, drag which, it on for which, seasons. Yeah. Well, drag it on, but not only that, in the show horribly and, like, ruin the whole experience of watching yeah. Game of Thrones. So, um, anyway, I, I recommend 1883 if you guys want to watch it. Just It gets a little dramatic in the middle, but... It does not end how you would ever expect it to end. So, Worth and the it's very good. Seventy dollar buy-in for the year package. Uh, dude, get the, like the three months free and just watch <laughs> just it in a weekend. And and just watch it all weekend. Just and then cancel. Watch it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I bet you. I don't know if it's three months free, but you could probably get a month free at the very. Well, least. even a week. I'm sure you just yeah, get have it running in the background. Yeah. You can you can watch the whole yeah. thing. Right, just get through it. So, uh, coming up next. Uh, Conservation Corner. We did a short interview earlier today with Wes from Onion Creek Fly. He gave us an update on the Texas Coast Oyster Fishery because he went to the uh, public comment, the in-person public comment. And so uh, we're going to insert this little clip for you guys, and we hope you enjoy. All right, guys. So we have Wes with us. You guys are going to hear an actual full interview from him within a couple weeks. Wes is with Onion Creek Fly, but we're we're pulling Wes in for about fifteen minutes on this episode because he's going to share some uh, important information with us about what's going down on the Texas coast with the oyster reefs being closed. He actually went to the public comment down at the coast. I'm I'm really jealous because. Uh, our buddy Benny was down there and a couple other guys, and you were down there. And uh, I, I was bummed that I couldn't make it because I wanted to be there for that and see what it was all about and, and be a part of that. Um, but, Wes, will you kind of talk about how that went when you went down there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for uh, uh, calling and asking me to come share a little bit about that. Yeah. I, uh, 
I mean, uh, honestly, yeah, it would have. I went kind of with the same thing. I've I've never really. I think I've been to one other sort of thing like this, and this is when they were uh, kind of protesting the uh, Harbor Island desalination plants and dredging the channels and like that, uh, Corpus Christi Bay area. Um, and that was several years ago. Um, so, yeah, I went down, uh, I guess that was last week. I went down Wednesday night. The meeting was on Thursday. They There were three three different meetings. There was one in Galveston, mm-hmm. one in Port Lavaca, and then one in Rockport. I attended the Rockport meeting, and it was it was very well attended. Um, uh, a, a good uh, amount of oystermen showed up, um, and then I probably, I would say, a little bit more, a um, little bit heavier showing for the folks that were there to, uh, in support of closing down the reef. Um, okay. Was that, was that primary, that group that was in support? of Texas Parks and Wildlife changes, were they primarily anglers or were there other groups that were well represented? Um, you know, I would say that probably a big majority of them were anglers. There were guides there. Uh, there were recreational anglers, um, scientists, um, you know, people that just respecters of science. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, realize that it's an ever changing thing. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I, I think that the only, I was a little bit, um, I don't, I'm trying to find the right word, uh, upset with TPWD that they didn't, uh, do a better job of having, uh, someone there to interpret because the majority of the oystermen are Hispanic and oh, Spanish speaking yeah. folks. Gotcha. Um, so was that, was that a big issue? Did they, did they get over that or was that a, man, I don't think it's necessarily something you can get over, but they didn't have any of the, none of the slides were in Spanish. Um, and I just really think that after the, uh, the, the, the webinar, the couple days before the week before there was a lot of comment about that. Um, and I, I feel like that they would have, that they had time to, you know, make a couple slides. Hey, Wes, whenever they had the actual public comment, were there interpreters there to kind of help translate? There was one gentleman there from TPWD that um, did his best. Um, You could tell that it it wasn't like his... Main reason to be there. Yeah, or his specialty, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was very... Like, I, 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 I don't speak Spanish well or understand it that well, but I knew that there was more being said than... And what was being translated out? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah you know, you're just getting the basics across, and I just feel like if, if we're going to take something away, or like take, try to t- you know taking someone's livelihood away, that they should at least have a decent explanation yeah. as to why. Yeah. And you know, I think the goal of this is to that you know gain more allies in the fact that you know we want something sustainable. Um, and I just think that there could have been a better job of that. But uh, all in all, I think that it was good. Uh, there was, there was, like I said, uh, the, I would say the majority of the folks there were uh, were definitely uh, for the closure um, and understand what what that will benefit. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was altogether good. I mean, I, I just think that too that uh, on the side of the oystermen that there's just some stuff that they either believe or some stuff that they're trying to pass along that just isn't, isn't true. I mean, like, wait, can, can you talk about that? Because I think it's good to get an understanding of what, what their argument is and what they believe. 
Yeah, I mean, I think at the bottom line, their argument is that we're taking away their jobs, okay. um, taking away their livelihood. So uh, is it is it more about taking away the jobs and less about the science of the fishery? Uh, I would say that their science is a little skewed. I would say that they also uh, feel like that, you know, if anybody knows anything about oysters and reefs, it's them. You know, some of these are multi-generational operations and families. And, you know, they, they, they want to think that they're good stewards of, of what, they're, what they're harvesting. And just right. the reality of it is, is they're not. Like when we touched on the fact that there were just way too many boats in that, you know, in that small area of Mesquite uh, and Ayers, uh, Carlos Bays, um, they, they said that they were there because everything else was closed down. Well, I mean, if we if we think about that, then well, then we probably shouldn't go inundate this small area because what's going to happen? Yeah. yeah, and the other places are closed down for similar reasons, right? Over exactly harvesting. Yeah. Yes, and you know there was a lot of uh, oh well, if they're not harvested, they're they'll sink. Yeah, I read. Uh, so you posted on Instagram a story from a Facebook group, and yeah. I, Oh gosh, I went on there and some read some of the comments, um, and it it was you know that that group was against the closure of uh, oh absolutely was against the closure of the bays for oysters, and man, some of the stuff I was reading just didn't didn't connect logically. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the some of the arguments, um, and that uh, if you don't uh, if you don't collect oysters, then it's bad for the fishery and. I mean, just some, just some, just some wild stuff, and not none of it backed by science, just people's opinions out there. But um, uh, very, very interesting mindset. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, so that's that. That was part of my thing is like, you know, the more that we can, you know, interact and engage with these folks and talk to them, and they understand, you know, where we're coming from. I think the better, the better we are all are. I mean. I, at the end of the day, if we can all, you know, find something to agree upon, that's that's going to be great. Well, um, well, I think we do have something to agree upon. I think the agree upon thing is we all want healthy oyster reefs, and that's something that us and them can agree upon. Um, yes, it's just the process to get there. Uh, yeah, that's, that's different. And I think that they were really concerned too, just with some of the uh, what they considered to be mismanagement by TPWD. And what they were calling the red light green light program. What which, will you explain that? Um, from my understanding, it was just basically like a okay, uh, you know, it's like playing red light green light, stop go. So it's just like okay, we got to stop, we got to hold off on our harvests because things are aren't doing so well here. But you got the green light over here. So then everybody rushes um, over what the I green light zone. I didn't do a whole lot of research on that. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of trying to wrap my head around some more of like past history um, about, about the Texas coast and just what, what the oyster harvest looked like, you know, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you saw that book that I posted uh, yesterday, but it's basically, it's called the Gulf, the Amer- making of the American sea. Okay. Can you and talk about that, about some of the early history that you're researching about and how, and maybe how that's relevant? Yeah, I mean, so some of the stuff that, I mean, that book basically covers um, from the first colonizers to the first first Americans that were here, um, the native Aboriginal folks, um, 
and just what kind of that whole history and what that looked like. Um, it talked about um, the natives that, that, you know, they, they harvested oysters to eat. Um, uh, there was a, there was a lot of that that went, I, I found it interesting. I, there was a, a smidgen in there that said in 1904, there were over 200,000 barrels of oysters that got shipped from the Texas coast. Wow. Yeah. I never and, and they said that that, that, that was, they said that that was the peak before the permanent decline is what this book is saying. Okay. And so it's never so we've been recovered. It's never for, recovered since then. Yeah. Is basically we've been in permanent decline for that long. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you look at other places too, uh, oyster reefs are just completely decimated in other states. Yeah. In other areas. Like, and they're not coming back. No, I mean, once they're uh, gone, they're talking, gone. Yeah, I was talking to a, a guy from uh, that lives in Mississippi. Um, he's an artist, fly, fly tire outdoorsman, um, and he was just uh, talking about how that you don't you don't have Mississippi oysters anymore. Mm. Yeah, um, and then we look at Apalachicola. What happened there? Um, that you know that used to be a pretty prolific oyster fishery, and it, not so much anymore. Um, I, Louisiana was having its own problems. I think they had shutdowns as well. When I was reading somewhere too, a lot of Louis, a lot of Louisiana oystermen are coming to Texas um, because yeah. their stuff is getting shut down, and that's putting even more of a pressure on our resource here. Putting more boats in the water, more oysters harvested. Hey, uh, Wes, I have a question for you. So, yeah, absolutely. If do you know if uh, oysters are over harvested, how can that affect the ecosystem? Well, the oysters are basically the the. I mean, for all intents and purposes, the lungs of the bay. So right. they filter, they filter that water. Um, they filter the silt. They're they're filter feeders. Um, right. So they're eating, you know, organisms that are that they're filtering through. And then when they do that, they 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 clean the water in the process. So not only that, I mean, it's habitat for fish, black drum, red drum birds i mean you have to have, if you're you know if your reefs are below the water even at low tide your your birds aren't going to be able to to access them right um so it's just habitat for everything and you know that the the nursery that is the estuary um wes who were some of the people that spoke did they give everyone an opportunity to speak that wanted to speak or did you kind of have to sign up and and who are some of the people that spoke on behalf of, uh, in support of TPWD's uh, closure of the oyster fishery? Um, they did. Uh, when you walked in, there was a sign-up sheet. You could choose to speak or not speak. Um, with the the uh, turnout of people that were there, I didn't I didn't sign up to speak. Um, I could tell by just looking around the room that. <laughs> Who was there? That every point I would need, I would hit had, would already be hit several mm-hmm. times. So I mean, like Pete from the Skiff Wonder got up and speak. Uh, Biddy Blanco came yeah. back into town again. I saw He's that, still- and just to put a pause on that, yeah. you know, uh, we we had Benny on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago talking about kill the bill in Florida. If you guys haven't listened to that, you should because that's a big issue that we're all here at this table are in support of. Um, yep, and. Uh, Benny flew down to speak at Trout Fest, even though, to be honest, shit was crazy in Florida, and they had all kinds of meetings and all kinds of representation. He flew down, 
uh, to speak at Trout Fest. He met with us to record a podcast at 11 p.m. so that we could get the word out. He flew back so that way he could do more uh, speaking engagements regarding the issues in Florida. And then basically two weeks later, flew to Texas so that way he could speak on behalf of uh, – in support of closing the oyster fishery, bringing a perspective from an out-of-stater that says, hey, you guys are headed to the direction of Florida if you guys don't stop this now, which I think is a a great perspective. So – First of all and foremost, uh, Benny has gone out and out of out of his way time and time again, again in support of conservation. And uh, props to you, Benny. Yeah, and on top of all that, you know, also still squeezing some charters in there. I know. Too. <laughs> yeah, I, I decided I'm going to book some trips with him. Yeah, I'll book a trip with yeah. him. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, I think that him doing that uh, definitely, uh, you know, good on him for just opening those doors. I mean, it's. Uh, in a, you know, world and industry that, you know, could sometimes feel like that there's some gatekeeping and, you know, uh, it's sort of a click that um, I feel like he's breaking down some barriers there. And I would just like to encourage everybody. There's a seat. There's a seat at that table. Like there's there's nothing that uh, I'm not going to criticize anybody for coming and speaking on behalf of um, our base. Yeah. And one thing, too, you know, we always talk about or hear. You know, I've I haven't been in the scheme of things. I haven't been fly fishing that long, um, in the grand scheme of things. But you know, I go fishing with guides that have been at the coast for twenty, thirty years, and they talk about how good it was ten years ago, how much better it was twenty years ago. And if we as anglers don't take action now, um, you don't want to be saying, "Oh man, ten years." I don't want to be in ten years saying, "Oh, it was so much better ten years now. ago." Yeah. There is yeah. action that you can take now, and it is easy, as easy as going on to the Texas Parks and Wildlife website and typing out a public comment. It will take yeah. you five minutes. That is Absolutely. The, that is the bare minimum that you have to do. And if you guys are listening to this podcast and you guys care, then I would encourage you, strongly encourage you, to go on the website. When this episode releases, there will be two days, 48 hours, to give you an opportunity to make a public comment, we'll put the link in the description. Okay, we can put that in the notes. And we're also going to be blasting it out on our social media even before this podcast comes out. Take five minutes, fill out the public comment. I'm. This is on the fly, but if you guys uh, fill out public comment and send us a message on Instagram, then we'll mail you a sticker for making a difference. So. Um, and I'm sure Wes can probably send us some uh, Onion Creek fly stickers, and we can throw those in there as well. Dude, I got no problem with that. Yeah. I'll send you a stack. So you guys will you guys will get a sticker, a Honey Hole sticker, and uh, one of Wes's stickers. If yeah. you guys post uh, it on on Instagram and yeah, tag us, yeah, post it on Instagram and tag us, and we will send you a sticker pack. And I'm sure by the time this comes out, we can get a couple other people on board and get you yeah, guys a good sticker pack put together. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, go and on. You don't have to. Once you get there, like on, on the play, there's a link. Uh, uh, I've got the link in the bio on my Instagram mm-hmm. right now, Onion Creek Flyco. You can click on that; it'll take you there, and you can. It has a summary of what's going on. You can read about it. You don't even have to, uh, you know, worry about what to write. Just say that you're in favor or not in favor, and and that's it. Um, and then there's going to be another meeting, which will be also, I, I think, when they make the decision. That's going to be on March 24th. Um, folks are encouraged to be there early, like 9 a.m. to like sign in 
Um, and I know that's that's tough for some people and all that kind of stuff. But even if you could come, where's that going to be at? It's going to be at TPWD headquarters, which is at forty two hundred Smith School Road. And that's going to be a Thursday or Friday, I believe. It's going to be on a Thursday, a Thursday, and that's in Austin. Okay. So, and all that info is right there on that on that link too. But uh, yeah, even if you could just come swing by and make an appearance and fill out the card and you don't even have to put that you want to speak. You can vote there, say that you're, you're yay or nay. Yep. Um, and I think just, you know, the committee seeing how many people are there would definitely, you know, make a difference. Cause that's who we're going to be talking to is the TPWD committee. Okay. So I am here right now on the website from Wes's uh, Instagram bio. Yep. Right. Super easy. Literally, it asks you three questions, and then you read through it. You scroll to the bottom, and it asks you if you have no opinion, you completely uh, agree completely, disagree completely, or if you disagree specifically. And, and it gives you an opportunity to, to write. Uh, agreeing would be in support of the closure of the, just to be clear, agreeing would be in support of the closure of oyster harvesting in those three specific bays. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So agree. Yeah. Agree. And I think that, you know, not, not only, um, talking about what it provides for the nursery, that's the estuary, but also helping with, um, erosion of the shorelines, um, helping with, uh, you know, uh, um, sea level rise, all of those things that are just, you know, they're, they're happening and it, if we don't have stuff there, you know, in place, that and that's the natural thing. It doesn't take anything. Yeah, you just gotta let it let it do its thing. Um, but yeah, and I, I wish there was another another way. I, I love oysters. I haven't ate one in probably a year just because of of this. Um, well, I think all of us as anglers are probably willing to take a hit on a on having some oysters a year in support of me going down to the coast and having a great fishery. Absolutely. I, I think that's a no-brainer. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that there's a few people that are, you know, upset because it's close to everybody, not just commercial. Yeah. And let, I want to make that clear, too. I, and that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about that. It's close to everyone, not yeah. just commercial fishing. Me and Zach can't go out and collect oysters for our, for our own personal consumption. Personal yeah. consumption. Yeah. And so as we are, you know, I don't think we do that anyway, but there are yeah. people well, that I'll do. Think about it. <laughs> there are. There was plenty. a gentleman at the meeting that got up and he he was opposed to it because he likes to walk out and collect him some oysters. Yeah, and that was you know, I mean, cheers to that man. I, yeah. I mean, I was like, good on you, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and good on everybody uh, that was there on taking part of the process, whether you're in support or against. Right. Um, yeah. Just voicing your opinion, being voicing part your of the opinion, process. being part of the democratic process that we yes. all love here is important. And so um, you can be listener. I'm talking to you specifically. You might be in your car. You might be fly- tying flies. You might be drinking whiskey. Right. But you who are listening to this, go to the Texas Parks and Wildlife website, fill out the public comment, uh, tag us on fa- on Instagram that you filled out public comment, and we will get your information and send you a sticker that will include some from Wes and maybe some other people that we can wrangle up uh, in the meantime. I'm sure me and Wes probably got a couple people 
uh, and my yeah, you can reach I mean, out I, to. I've got, I've got a box of stickers. I, I'll just throw a bunch in there <laughs> yeah. and send them to you. Perfect. Hit pause right now when you're listening. Hit, hit pause. You already got your computer or your phone. Yeah. Hit the pause button. Click on the link and go fill it out. And it the link is in the description. There's no reason. Like, all you got to do is scroll down. And if you can't see the link, just click the button that says more, and it will open up the full description. You may not have known that existed, but there will be a link. It will be the very first link in the top line. Click on that link and fill out public comments. It's super easy. And, hey, you know what? I just did it, and I feel great. And if you're on a roll, <laughs> go on. We'll put the link for Kill the Bill in Florida. Go fill out their public comment as well. It'll take another five minutes tops. Ten minutes, yeah, and, and you made a difference in conservation. And also, I mean, I'm not I'm not one for uh, being a part of a whole lot of organizations and things like that. But joining Flatsworthy, joining CCA, joining Captains, for, even though you don't live in Florida. I I personally joined Captains for Clean Water after my interview, after our interview with Benny. Like, it inspired yes. me, and Captains for Clean Water is doing great things. Flatsworthy does great things, and you guys can take part in these organizations if you want to do more than fill out a public comment. And I would highly recommend it. It's like 30 bucks a year for Captains for Clean Water. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to say that it's the same, like, for, for Flatsworthy and CCA on the lowest, all that stuff. If nothing else, like, get you, you get information sent to you. It just helps it's helping me stay better informed about, about the situations that are going on. Yeah. Well, hey, Wes, uh, we kept you longer than we told you we would. No worries. Uh, you guys, uh, go check out. Uh, Wes is go order some flies from Wes. Support someone that is supporting conservation. The hell with ordering flies from me. Go sign the petition. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, go order some, sign the petition, and then go order some flies from Wes. Like, let's be real. And uh, uh, go do that. And, uh, you know, his information will be in the bio. And then be on the lookout a couple weeks after this episode airs. Uh, we will have a full interview with Wes about what he does time flies. Yep. So, yeah. Absolutely. That was, the I think, the best part of my uh, Texas Fly Fishing Brew Fest was sitting down and talking to y'all. So. Oh, we hey, appreciate yeah, that. we do, man. And it was thanks, great. Thanks, Wes. We had a great time sitting down with you as well. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Uh, have fun the rest of the night, and uh, we'll talk to y'all soon. All right. Sounds thanks, awesome. Wes. Thank you, bud. Later. Bye. All right, Zach. What do you have for us for an article? A Creature Watch? Ooh, I have a Creature Watch this okay. week. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's cold and dark outside right now. And I'm, I'm trembling. Yeah, no. Uh, what was it? Like two weeks ago we were recording out here, and I got all up in my mind about aliens. I got freaked out. Mm. I, like, I'm not afraid of much, but aliens freak me out. No, I don't fair. know why. That's but fair. like, I can get in my head about aliens. It's weird. Anyways, I'm bringing you the story. <laughs> <laughs> Champ or Champy. Right? So, Champ is a local lake monster. He lives in Champlain, a 125-mile-long body of water in between New York and Vermont. So, a little bit actually goes into Quebec as well. Uh, A lot of people go to this lake because it's known for tourism, right? They go have a good time. Um, But over the years, there have been over 300 reportings of Champy. Uh, a lot of people say that the story is related to the um, Orokoi legends of giant snakes, which the Mohawk named Onyare Kowa. And I don't know if I'm butchering that, but that's what it's spelled. Uh, French cartographer 
Samuel Champlain was the founder of Quebec and the lake's namesake. He's the first person to say who's ever seen Champ or Champy. And what year would you guys say that he originally saw Champ? He's the founder of Quebec. 18-something? 18, okay. 1875. Okay. I'm going to go 1874. I'm going to lock this in. Oh. Uh, it was actually 1609. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but more modern stories kind of go back to the summer of 1970 uh, in an issue of Vermont Life. Um, there was a guy who said he documented a 20-foot serpent thick as a barrel and head like a horse. And this is the actual quote from... Uh, from this article, right? There's a, there's also a great abundance of fish of many varieties, among others, one called by the. Let's skip this. This is <laughs> <laughs> it uh, <coughs> has a uh, inappropriate word for native people in here, so we're gonna skip that. Okay. Quote. <laughs> and um, anyways, he says he has five. You didn't proofread before. I, I think when I read it, I was like, that far I was like we're good. I, was like, not, we're I mean, good. that's not your fault if you read it, because that's, that's what that's I the name I skimmed was. it, and then I was, as I'm reading it out loud, I'm like, oh, <laughs> we don't say that word anymore. And uh, so... Uh, I'll have to wash your mouth out with soap, Zach. I'll, I got Don just soap in there. Oh, oh man, go get here it. Here come the internet uh, comments. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so uh, he said uh, it has a snout two feet and a half long. And a double row of very sharp and dangerous teeth. Its body is, in shape, very much like that of a pike. Uh, but it is armed with scales so strong and a poignard. I don't know what a poignard. Poignard? Maybe it's like a knife? Like yeah, a spear? Yeah. yeah. And it's a silver gray color, right? Uh, so, over the years. You know what it sounds like to me? What? A uh, really, really, really big placostomus. So, right? actually, uh, people believe that it might be a... Um, a lot like a big gar, right? Okay. Because the shape is very similar. Yeah. Don't um, say a horse head and then be like, "Oh no, wait a second, it's got huge teeth." <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are photographs of it though. The main one is the Mansi photograph, where Sandra Mansi in 1977 took a uh, photo while she's out on there. Um, I, I didn't look it up, but I'm sure the photo's fine. However, what's weird is people say that this creature, Champy, has evolved in a way where its back half looks like a log. <laughs> oh, oh my god oh so, no there is actually a model I do have that picture there is a model where the back half of Champy looks like a log with like a hole running through it you know so you know people think so you see a log out on the lake it's Champy it's Champy you got Champy uh, there have been re- recent reports as close as uh, summer of 2005 and um, they actually got some images and some videotape of it uh, but two retired FBI forensic image analysts review the tape. Says it actually appears authentic and unmanipulated. And uh, they have never seen anything on this earth that actually looks like this animal uh, or any other object on the surface. So Really? Yeah. So is this the closest creature we have to being like documented, verified? FBI says thumbs up, the footage is unedited. I think so, right? I mean, there's been a couple that have been pretty, like, pretty up there, too. Mm-hmm. But this is probably the closest one. Yeah. And how does this go with aliens? It doesn't. 
I just, I just wanted to let you, you guys just, know. The, the sound just got you thinking about your it did. fear of It did. Aliens. Every time I hear a creature watch now, I just immediate, immediate, like, bringing back to aliens are out there and they're coming to get me. I think what got me as a kid is, like, the like TNT Sunday afternoon movie of Fire in the Sky. Uh-huh. Oh, man, that messed me up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even see, with commercials. It's all dark. Even with commercials. You know what messed me up as a kid? Jurassic Park. Really? Re- yeah. yeah, really? But I was real little when I first watched it. Yeah. And I had nightmares of, like, being chased by T-Rexes. Not the Velociraptors? No T-Rexes specifically. That's the Mansi photograph. So this looks like just, it, it looks like, it really looks like the Loch Ness monster uh, pictures that you've seen. were bluer. Yeah, but but in color. In color. And in color. Uh, <laughs> it's blue. It literally looks like a stump is sticking out of the water. Yeah. And and it just looks like a down tree that you'd see out at, you know, the lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said it moved. So Yeah, because the wind was blowing. Cause yeah. it, right? <laughs> oh, okay. So then if you look at that photo, this is the mock-up of what they think the rest of it looks like. Okay, so so what it, what this <laughs> looks like is literally the head sticking out, but the, the, flipper. B- the bottom half is just, again, it looks like a down log that's been been chewed out. Yeah, and no core, which is weird. I would think it'd be like the other way around. I, I would think the top part wouldn't look so much like a reptile. No, because you don't see the Another bottom picture? half. Okay, well that <laughs> looks like the Loch Ness monster. Yeah, that yeah. looks like a Velociraptor. A Velociraptor with flippers. Yeah. Now, okay. Realistically, though, if you were swimming and you saw that, you'd freak out. Oh, I I'd poop myself. <laughs> yeah, there'd be no doubt. Yeah, I would just give up. Yeah, I'd be like, just take me. Just take me. <laughs> let's just, you know let's that just thing's going to be fast. Go, go for the neck, please. Yeah, go <laughs> yeah for the neck. you can't do anything. That, <laughs> that thing's going to be whole. Oh, my uh, God. No, oh, thanks. Yeah. No. See, that scares me. All right, Gabe. You have a warning about Brushy Creek? I uh, do. Man. Actually, it started this week um, just as a, a front setup to this. Um, I saw um, Living Waters. um Who's the gentleman uh, that uh, with Living Waters? Chris there. Johnson. Chris Johnson. He had on his uh, Instagram page where he's out in Brushy Creek. They were doing a water release, and it looked nasty. Um, the water coming down um, and being released in there, you could see a, a line between the clear water of Brushy and then just this milk chocolate uh, stuff just being blown out. And it just looked like oil and water. I mean, the two were were, were not, you know, mixing. mixing. You, could, you could see a line yeah, of this stuff going. And you know, he was he was, uh, you know, pretty pretty upset about it, which which definitely you know should be. Oh. Uh, and yeah, it, it looks horrible. Oh yeah, it just it looks it looks bad. But again, the, the video that he had on there um, was was definitely just like, oh man, this is gross. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, the this is from the Austin American Statesman. It came out like a day ago. Round Rock warns people to stay out of Brushy Creek as city searches for pipeline breaks. The city of Round Rock is trying to figure out why an average of up to 4 million extra gallons of creek water or groundwater are flowing daily into Brushy Creek uh, Regional Wastewater Treatment Plant. Officials are asking people not to get into Brushy Creek downstream uh, from the treatment plant at th- uh, 3939 US 79 in Round Rock because the overloaded uh, facility has not been able to adequately treat the water it discharges into the creek. The inadequate treatment has caused the wastewater plant to pump sludge into the waterway, uh, said Michael Thane, the city's utility director. Uh, sludge is uh, com- 
composed of solids that are usually removed during the wastewater treatment plant. But again, it's all this stuff is going out. There's <clears throat> always poop. Yeah, the extra volume of water pouring into the plant is causing the city to break the discharge limits imposed by the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality, according to uh, the city news release. So they're, they're, they're pumping so much poop into the water that they have to actually break the... The well, they the somewhere there's I guess a leak right that's, and that's what's right it's that's hitting the treatment plant and they can't clean it fast enough or they can't do their their cycling fast enough and they're having to discharge that stuff into Brush Creek. Ugh, that ruins everything. Yeah, it poop it, ruins everything. And um, why do we have yeah. like a sad conservation topic like every week? Right, and it's always about poop. Well, it always it always seems like it's just. You know, they're going to find out what this is, and it's going to be like a slap on the wrist to whatever's going on. That's yeah. the problem. A lot of a lot of times these discharges happen, it's a slap on the wrist. Yeah. and, and They you, really need to get hit hard and be like, okay, we cannot afford to let right. this happen again. They need to like cut off the or wrist. Or we will cut it off. Yeah, just yeah. cut it off, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just always the same thing. It's, it's, you know, slap on the wrist. No one learns their lesson. The c- company probably does it again, and maybe next time they don't get caught. But uh, but it yeah, is. the videos on on his on his Instagram, like I said, was really really really. Uh, um, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Into what's going on? <clears throat> I'm really bummed. I was planning on fishing it like next week. Or just wear pants or go upstream of where the discharge <laughs> is. That's true. I could always go upstream. Yeah. He it, it looked like he had. And this was a day ago, and I know when I saw um, Chris's post, I think that was like last week. And there these was things kind of get solved sometimes pretty fast. Yeah, then there was an update that, you know, said that he still was able to go out and ca- catch fish, and, you know, at least that's okay, but, you know, it's still the fact that, that these things happen, you know, and, and to be able to see it. And, and again, until you're looking for it, you know, this is going to be hide. you know, articles like this kind of just get lost in the mix, you don't know exactly what's going on. Like I said, you wouldn't have known. No, not at all. So you got home, you got in the car and probably smelled a little bit weirder. Yeah, got in. Yeah, exactly. Been like, oh wait, why is my cut green now? Yeah, yeah. We joked about the San Antonio <laughs> River. We don't need to start joking about Brushy Creek being no. an issue. That's like considered like a clean, nice little yeah body of water. Yeah. So why don't we uh, before we get into our last segment, which mm-hmm. is our favorite yeah. new segment? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Gabe, you brought some cigars. You want to do a first first time for the podcast? We can. Ha- yeah, yeah, Pop why not? Cigar. So we've, uh, I got uh, little small cigarillos. Ooh, pass yeah. those, pass those around, pass those around. This is a uh, Liga Pervita, um number nine. Oh, uh-huh. these are perfect little size. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. it's perfect, perfect size to, you know, not get yelled at by the wife when I come home smelling like cigars. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna put this jack over there though. But yeah, something a little bit different. You just bite the end off. Yeah, you, what you can do is you can you can moist that the wrapper tip, and then um, and then go ahead and cut it. And then usually what I do is I'll I'll stick it just above the um, just above the uh, you know with with the lighter. Have I would not the cigar. recommend biting, but we don't have a cutter out here, so no, it's fine. But but get it moist that part of it um, first, and then go ahead and do a you know a. Just a little bite off the edge, and then, like I said, I usually just kind of, with a torch, uh, get the uh, the tip warmed and going, and and then start the f- the first puff. But yeah, something different. I think this would have been fantastic uh, with our our uh, Armagnac Armagnac last week. Oh yeah. Uh, but we've gone from 
nice, sophisticated Armagnac to uh, Walmart Royal Crown and lemonade cigars. whiskey and uh, and nice cigars. This this one, this is this pack had I don't know like ten of them, little like uh, you know small little uh, little uh, cigars, and I'd say about like twenty five bucks. Yeah, I'm gonna. I have a cutter inside. Next time we'll. I'll bring a cutter. Oh, this is fine. We're something like this is good. But yeah, something different, guys. Something different, and for a cool night like it is tonight, one of our last uh, main probably uh, cold fronts over the next couple of yeah. days. How do you use this lighter? You you push the button on the top. Yeah, that right. Oh, that yeah. one. Right there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm like trying to spin this thing. Oh yeah, no, it's got three settings on that bad boy there. Oh, uh, gotcha. But yeah, no, some, something, something different, something different. What do you guys usually smoke? What, is, what do you do? My cigar is Patron, nineteen sixty four. Nice. Okay. Mm. I like the Rocky Patel, nineteen. Um, well, it's been a while since so I smoked a cigar, nineteen ninety two. Yep. No, these are nice. It's a dark wrapper. Um, well, and I, I'm not big on super dark, spicy cigars, but if it's a small cigar mm. like this, I'm more inclined. Now, I used to love. Um, I used to love green wrap cigars. I don't know why. Just because? I think because they were different. You know, not many people would actually buy them. And uh, I did. I liked them. But, like, they were super earthy. A little, like, um, it's creamy is the wrong word. But they're, like, they're not spicy at all. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just nice. Do you guys, have you guys tried to smoke a cigar while fishing? I know it's a lot harder with a yeah. fly rod. We have. We've I, been out on the Yeah, on raft. the boat, on the raft. It's a lot on easier on the raft than waiting. Oh, you yeah. think? Oh, yeah. I think it's easier. Yeah. I think it's easier waiting. Oh, really? I feel like when, every time I'm on a raft, I'm worried about, like, ten things happening at one time. If I'm waiting, like, I can go out there with just, like, a couple things in my pocket, my yeah. rod, and, like, I can I can be in it. Because I can control where I'm standing, I can set my line at a certain length, and I can cast in one hand pretty easily, you know? Mm. I'm not constantly changing it. And to be honest, sometimes... Instead of even stripping, I'll just kind of like, you know, pop it a little bit. Don't have yeah. to worry about too much, so. Yeah, I feel like it's just, uh, I don't know, it's too much for me, you know, to be able to to smoke a stogie while you're casting, while yep. you got all this stuff going on, trying to land a fish. A uh, million things going on at once. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but I have some buddies that just like. That's all they're about. That, that's their, you know, that's their thing. And uh, and they they do it fine. I guess you do it enough. I mean, you know, there's seen guys out there smoking, you know, cigarettes and stuff. Um but to do all that all at once, man, I don't know if I could I could do it. I can see it on a boat. Yeah, you're sitting yeah. down and and doing that, but put uh, something down and drop it. All right, Zach. Now time for our favorite new segment. What what's the name of our segment? Flyer band. Flyer band. Oh. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Flyer band. Flyer band. All right, you guys ready? Go home mm -hmm. angry again. So Zach is going to list. This is your first time listening to our new segment. He's gonna list a name. And that name is either going to be the name of a fly or a band or in a rare scenario, possibly both. Possibly both. And Gabe and I have both worked in fly shops, and our job is to guess correctly versus Zach if it is a band name or a fly name. Yep. Are right, you guys ready? I'm ready. Mickey Finn. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That is a fly. Gabe's confident. I'm, I'm going to follow Gabe. We're going fly. It is a fly. Yeah, yes. it's a fly. It yeah, fly. Mickey Finn. 
I mean, right. I, again, I could see that as being an indie rock group that right. only plays in Portland, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> that only plays in Portland. Uh, cross-eyed chicken. <sighs> see, I could see, I could picture like a, a booby fly. <laughs> yeah. Right with the with the foam front. Maybe that's the real name of the booby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it called again? Cross-eyed. Oh, chicken. speaking of like hokey flies, the booby fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're just a whole booby setups. <laughs> I remember reading that the first time and going like, "What? This is a thing." Oh yeah, yeah, it's a thing. I'm gonna go with a uh, cross-eyed chicken. Sounds like a band to me, honestly. Yeah, but it also sounds well. I'm gonna go with band. But I could see where this could be like a redfish fly or something, you know, just uh, heavy going on. Uh, going band. Band. It is a band. Yes. All right. All right. Woo. Two two for two. Came to play. <laughs> uh, gut full of cheese. Good God! What was last week's? It was it was make make rat face, <laughs> make, make rat face, rat yeah. face McDougal. Yeah, Matt, rat, rat face McDougal. <laughs> oh man! What, say it again, Zach. Gut full of cheese. Gut full of cheese. I'm gonna go with fly, and I'm thinking it's maybe like a carp fly. You know, one of those where they they have it. Um, I don't know if you've seen them where they have a couple of little trees of mono, and on the end of each mono is a uh, a, a yellow piece of foam that's cut to look like uh, a piece of corn. And so you have this, like, tree of five or six little kernels hanging from this this fly. I'm going to go with a fly. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll continue with Gabe. It is a band. Ah! <laughs> you better have some good music. Yeah, for a name like Gutful of Cheese. Are these like SoundCloud? Like, did you did somebody give you their like mixtape at the gas station? No, like I, what's your band name? I went, like, oh, this is gonna be perfect. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> Zach is he goes to the gas station, gets the the most recent current San Antonio current, and reads on all the bands that are playing some random Paper Tiger Sunday at two o'clock in the afternoon. No, I just read what's on written on the stall. <laughs> 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 Oh my god, that's awesome! Uh, okay, Ooh. next one. Next one, Lady Scarlet. Fly. I'm gonna say it's a fly. You really think so? Because my gut reaction was banned. My gut reaction is a fly, more so like a. Do you know? Have you seen a fly called a Lady Scarlet? I'm trying to think of all my like old style wet fly books from like. Nineteen fifty. Now you're bringing in a whole different right. That and that's where I'm like, Gabe. Oh <laughs> you opening that can of worms now. Zach's got ideas to go looking like fifties wet fly. But ratty, <laughs> ratty McFat, like McRat face, Rat face McDougal, Rat face McDougal. Nineteen oh two, like you know, streamers that uh, like all these like right old exactly feathers. exactly all We're the old giving school. him ideas now though. <sighs> all right, Gabe, I'll concede. You seem pretty confident. Fly. It is a fly. Because okay. I'm, gla- I'm glad I went with your option on that because I was thinking. Bad. Like I said, some of these, see, something like that to me would be like, okay, that that is an old school wet fly name. Like old, old, old school. You're Lady looking Scarlet. through. Like you're going to half price books and you're finding this book from like 1960 that's talking about stuff, you know, which I have a couple of those books. Yeah. That sounds like it. But, yeah. you know, Ratface McDougal, <laughs> you wouldn't. That's really fine. It's the best. 
Okay, you guys ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Grease stain. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be a band. I'm going to go with the band. Yeah, it's got to be a band. It's got to be a band. It is a fly. Oh! <laughs> what? I got to see a picture of this fly. <laughs> uh, I'll find one. I say that you you take some of these pictures, you put them on the uh, your your Instagram page when this when last week's comes out. Yep. Later on in the week, so so everyone can see what a rat face McDougal looks like. Because I want one in my box now. We can put them on our Discord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, grease stain is opening up right now. <laughs> so, this game gets me so upset. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So angry. I was thinking about last week's game all week. Yeah, and then, yeah, all week I was like, because, and again, we'll preface this by saying, hey, you know, Zach saying, hey, I got this idea, let's let's try it, and and I uh, I know in my head I was thinking like, oh, I, I know enough, this should be fine, and then we'll get, we both you, worked in in the industry, right, and then and then lays out, uh, what was it, uh, oh, uh, the actress Natalie Portman, Natalie's shaved, Portman shaved, shaved head, head. and it's like shaved head. When that's the first one that comes out, you're like, "Holy crap! I, what are we? I don't into? know. What, yeah, <laughs> what do we? What do we? What do we? What do we yeah, into? it's like go home and talk to the wife, and just be angry about what I missed. So I found the recipe. I can't. I can't what do you got? Picture. What's the, what's the recipe? Well, I gotta put, okay. Uh, size one black marabou uh, has a red flashabou as a tail, olive copper pa- uh, chenille or purple hula wrap for a hackle. Uh, it has black or peacock crystal flash for a body. Collar is a large mallard flank. Overwing is a Kelly green flashaboo. Eyes are four co- uh, small copper beads. Uh, head is behind the eyes, top of the hook. A thick clump of peacock, olive or silver gray. It's kind of like a kind of like a woolly bugger, like a just a loaded woolly bugger. It seems like what it looks like or what it sounds like. Uh, yeah, it's a steelhead fly. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, all right, oh, yeah. all right, okay. okay. Yep. you're gonna have a lot of crap on again. There. Portland band. Portland, baby. <laughs> yeah, Portland. <laughs> All right, guys, last one. Ready? Is this number seven? Uh, let me see how many we've done. I think me and Gabe are in the lead. We're having too much fun with one, this. One, two, three, four, five. We've done five. How many okay. do we want to do? You want to do eight? We want to do seven. Let's so do seven. Best out of seven. Let's do seven. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. Us versus you. We're up one to zero, Zach. So you okay. gotta... I'm still angry. <laughs> we won, but Gabe's still... Groveling. <laughs> from last week. <laughs> from last from week. Last week. <laughs> Acroid. That's got to be a band. I'm going to go with a fly. Well, you guys have to make a mutual decision. Band. Yeah, band. It is a fly. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Good gosh. <laughs> Acroid, like Dan Acroyd. Like Dan Acroyd. Yeah. Uh, you should have mentioned that. <laughs> No, I mean it's, it still would have mattered. I still would have like that would have made me even lean more towards a band if if you're like, oh, Dan Aykroyd, yeah. Ah, oh man, are you guys ready? Last one, last Wait, one. What's the score going into the last one? Last one, okay. Why does it need to be a score? Why does it like how angry is Gabe at this game? He's at a six at the moment. You guys are literally <laughs> three and three. Oh, <laughs> oh no, and Gabe's got and Zach's got the advantage because he's picking. <laughs> All right, Zach. Last one. Rat of unusual size. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> now I'm thinking, like, Tess, is it like a trick? Is, it, is he tricking us? Like, what kind of Now I'm thinking about just walking off and being like, <laughs> you, can't, you can't lose if you didn't tell what the last one was. 
A rat of unusual size. Yeah, it's a callback to Princess Bride. Oh, okay. <sighs> Which doesn't help. <laughs> I mean, fly makes more sense, logically, because there are mouse patterns. Right, mouse patterns. Which so, this is probably not. It's probably some steelhead pattern <laughs> that is like a full intruder style. Oh. Well, when he said it, what was the first thing? That popped in your head. Fly. What about you? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> he doesn't want to answer. So what are you guys going with? Fly it is. Or no, you want to change it? No, no, fly. 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 It is a band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Dang it. <laughs> All right. So you guys did not take home the trophy this week. It is um, three A's. Four. No. What what did we miss? Or can you can you just do a little recap? Uh Mickey Finn, you guys got right. It was a fly. Grease stain, you guys got wrong. It was a fly. Acroid, you guys got wrong. Oh, it was that, a fly. That one hurts. <laughs> Lady That's... Scarlet. Good job there. You yeah. guys got it right. It was a fly. Cross eyed chicken. You guys got it right. It was a band. Gut full of cheese. It gotcha. It was a band. And finally, Rat of Unusual Size was a band. He saved that one for last, too. That was dirty. This is dirty. Yeah. That was, I knew, when I found that one, I was like, yes. This is a great one. <laughs> that was, and he saved it for the last one, too, which was Oh, rude. to be the tiebreaker. Look. To be the tiebreaker. And if we, if we didn't pick that, like, if we didn't pick Fly, and then we picked Band, and it I, was a Fly. I think we're, the fact that we're still we're hanging. Look, we're still, we're still hanging in it. Right, we're still hanging in it. You guys are pretty close. We're doing okay. I'm just glad it's not a sweep each week. <sighs> Either way, you know. If you guys got them all wrong, it wouldn't be fun. Rick Ratface. <laughs> Ratface McDougal. Ratface McDougal. Rick Ratface would be a good fly name, too. Yeah. That, I mean, it makes it fun, but it is it is very frustrating when you're just like, I know it shouldn't be this, but I'm going to go anyway. Because as I stare into Landon's eyes, he looks like he thinks it should be a band. <laughs> he looks so confident. He looks so confident. Like, he, he's smoking his stogie, drinking drinking his drink. That might be the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> like, too much liquid, liquid courage. For this game, too much courage all around. <laughs> Just exuding for, courage. For this game, I need to no cigar, no drinking, even during the podcast, and I need to like mentally prepare <laughs> coming into this. That's how I'm feeling right now. And I need to like, and I'm willing to bet you'll do worse <laughs> doing it that way <laughs> than if you <laughs> if we we didn't do this. Oh, that's that's awesome, Zach. Thank you for for yeah. bringing that up. Realistically, though, Gabe, it just ends up being like, are we good guessers? No, I mean, there was two Lady Scarlet because yeah. and Mickey you know, Finn. Yeah. I knew right off the bat, like, okay, I know what a Mickey Finn looks like, mm-hmm. which is a pretty easy tie. Yellow, Maybe red. I sh- Craft, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm like caffer, concede caffer, to you more, Gabe, because although I work your in a fly shop. Your instincts are pretty, pretty Your instincts good, are good, but also typically. you tie more flies and are probably looking into flies to tie more that might be a, more unusual than what you'd see at a fly shop. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's the thing. Like, yeah, I, like I have like, a lot yeah, of... Yeah, yeah. If yeah, you would have gone with my choices, we would have won see this, If you see some of the fly tying books I have, it would probably make more sense why, you know, I... I've seen some of these, some names that stick out, like Mickey Finn or, or some so scar, the way wanna, the words. you want to have a study sesh this week? Study sesh? What? Yeah, study sesh. So we can study for next week's 
uh, quiz. We can pull out our fly tying books. I will and start. bring it out. I'll, we can make some note cards and then quiz each other. And speaking of uh, a fly tying, we have updated new <laughs> a fly tying materials on our on the site. So oh on, yeah, honey hole angling. Honey hole. If you guys want to tie with moose hair warthog. And or make a completely different name of Ratty McFat McRat yeah. Face. Excuse or me. Or you want to finally make the Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman shaved, shaved head. <laughs> this would be perfect. And what what do you think a Natalie Portman shaved head fly would look like? See, I'm thinking like a baby Gonga type type fly. With I'm thinking like a straight art. up. I'm thinking it's a straight up only spun deer hair fly. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah. straight up spun deer hair. Maybe like a feather. Or two off the back. Yeah. But, like, primarily, but, like, in a shape that we haven't seen before. Fully circular. Like, a perfect I didn't think her circle. He- I didn't think her head shape. was that weird, <laughs> weird shaped anyway. <laughs> Perfectly circle-shaped spun deer hair fly. Just white and black, like V for Vendetta. Yeah. Yeah. But with something, like, crazy. Not, like, yeah. deer hair... You know, maybe some of the other maybe, maybe exotic. A, maybe hair. the bison hair is what the, the is, golden bison the golden hair. Bison is Natalie Portman's shaved, shaved head. head. <laughs> Done. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we have a great interview for you. We have a great interview lined up for you right now. We interviewed Edgar. Yes. From Sightline Provisions at Trout Fest a couple weeks ago. Now, we sat down with him. He actually recorded sitting in his little travel trailer. Yeah, yeah. We'll little, post pictures so you guys can see it. It was awesome. It was it. He said it was like podcasting at home. Yeah. Um, Wait, the, the tear that teardrop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was in there. He yeah. was in there. Oh, yeah. that's so <laughs> cool. Hunkered in and got it. Oh, we moved great. the table up to the edge. Yeah. And he sat in there and recorded. It was sweet. Such a cool little little camber. Oh. Uh, yeah. If you guys don't know who Sightline or who Edgar is or what Sightline does, they make uh, leather bracelets that are awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and he's gonna talk a little bit about them. He's gonna talk how he got started and what he's up to. This year's NBA playoffs are going to feature a lot of great rookies, and FanDuel wants you to be one of them. Make your debut on FanDuel Sportsbook with promo code ROOKIE, and your first bet is risk-free up to 1000 bucks. So you can bet the point spread, grab the money line, or build a same-game parlay. And if you make a rookie mistake, FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in site credit, so you can take another shot. Okay, this guy's got potential. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up and unlock your risk-free first bet up to $1,000. We're looking forward to seeing what you're made of. 21 plus in President Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by HP. When you're working apart from your team, feeling connected can be a challenge. Presenting HP Presence, a more thoughtful, human collaboration technology. With enhanced audio and video features, you can experience more genuine collaboration and feel more connected. Be in the room, from any room, with HP Presence. Learn more at hp.com forward slash presence. All right, so we are at Trout Fest. We have another interview, and we're real happy to have Edgar 
on with sightline provisions. We've been trying to like coordinate a schedule for a long time to make this happen, and we just can't like you know uh, it just hasn't worked out. But we're happy we we're able to like make yeah. this make I'm, this finally happen. I'm happy it worked out the way it did. Yes, yeah. you know of course it happened last minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. of end, course. End of the show. Yeah, but I was able to drive my my rig over, kind of shelter us a little bit from the wind. Yeah, oh, yeah, and it's like perfect. Oh, Actually, yeah. I feel at home. I feel really comfortable. Yeah. Comfortable. You, you are just hanging out at home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an SLP HQ. Yeah, like. we we have a picture. You got like a sweet wrapped like trailer, you know, and it's it's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Edgar, so, so what what to start us off, what is Sightline Provisions? So Sightline Provisions is a is a brand that I started in late 2015. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it started out with six bracelet, leather bracelet designs that I had come up with in that during that summer and um i'd been a full-time artist for at that time 15 years doing art festivals all over the country what kind of art were you doing prior to sightline i was doing uh wall pieces that were um a 3d low relief so i would use aluminum cans and stainless steel and cut the aluminum cans out and turn them inside out so you'd just see the silver side yeah and um i did a lot of that and that kind of it's a it was i basically took paper sculpture and i Evolved it into aluminum and stainless steel sculpture. Okay. And it's really thin, so you can cut it with scissors. Mm-hmm. And I would do that, do shows all over the country, Seattle to Miami and California to, you know, mm. to New York. And, um, you know, I started out 15 years prior to me starting Sightline. And, you know, it's a young man sport. You know, you drive 10, 12, 18 hours, and you set up a booth, and you spend a weekend in a town, and you just make as much money as you can at, you know, as uh, at the time I was 43, 44, it was like grinding on you, and I needed to come up with an idea. And I was inspired to do, um, and I love to fly fish. I love the outdoors. So I decided to come up with this brand that emphasized uh, what is in your sight line. So when you think of your peripheral vision, everything within that sight line from, from, from one side of your eye to the other, it's like this horizontal viewfinder yeah and that's what inspired the frame which is around every design we make which is basically your sight line and then i just decided i don't know how to come up with this i don't i want it to be open-ended i don't want it just to be bracelets but um that's where i came up with sightline provisions and i thought okay that's a cool name i'm gonna uh, hopefully i'll i'll live up to the name and you know did the 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 last half of uh the last couple months of 2015 got everything ready was calling fly shops had gotten into like a handful of fly shops and then uh i went to uh the fly fishing show in denver yeah and that was kind of like my coming out party and i had a little sliver of a booth uh next to the bathroom because i called ben uh ben to try to get a a light late minute uh booth and he said look i got this little spot i like what you're doing this puts you up. Yep. And the rest is history. I have to meet a lot hey, of great people. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like being by the bathroom is like a bad thing, but oh, honestly, no. <laughs> it's pretty, dude, everyone gets there. Unless every- I'm at a restaurant, I don't want to be in the <laughs> But th- like at an event like that, being by the bathroom sounds like prime yeah. time. It's, 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 it's sneaky good. Yeah. yeah. yeah then you even have people good. like waiting for like somebody else in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, I guess I'll check these yeah. out. Yeah. 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 You're like, just here, let me spray your hands. And <laughs> Before you touch anything, here's yeah. what yeah. so, so you hand make all the bracelets. Yeah, so when I first started, I had an assistant, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they were really, like, 
never had touched a leather punch, leather, it was brand new, yep. blank slate. And basically that person has become my apprentice and they have been my right hand man since the beginning. Okay. And so, um, you know, we work as a team. The majority of the work that you see today, about 90% is done by them. Yep. Wow. And then I do the the silver pieces. And when I have to jump in and we have a big order, I start working. We work as a team to get the, the, the product out there. But um, once you've once I grew from no one really knowing who we were to creating an, an impact in a small in a small segment like fly fishing, things just start picking up. Yeah. You yeah. just have to talk to more people. You need to talk to your reps. You need to talk to your 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 retailers. And you got to market it so that your retailers are getting some traffic because of your efforts as a brand. Now, all this is like, it wasn't foreign to me because I've always been a people person. I've really been, I put myself out there before as an artist. But to create a brand that meant something, that was really, it was foreign to me because I was used to me, me, me as an, as, as an artist. Yeah, yeah. And then once you kind of like, kind of flip the script and want it to be like about the brand i am i am i mean i do consider myself the brand because i'm the one out there and you know kissing babies making artwork and even being my own model because I, I i go out there and i really live my best life outdoors you know it, it's i've been very fortunate with that and so um yeah so i i make most of the uh, we make we make almost 100% of the work in um, in our studio in Austin. And then there'll be, like, hats and things that aren't necessarily made by us, but we'll badge up the hats. Yep, you badged a hat for me today. It's yeah. on one, one side or the other. Yeah, it's always on the left side. Okay, always on the <laughs> left. All right. Is there a reason for that? I just – the orientation of the fish. Or, oh, okay. Or the, you know, with the direction it's going in. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes, like Rep Your Water, we did a collab, and I put them on the right because they always put the Rep, the rep Your Water on the left. Gotcha. So um, I'll, do, I'll make some exceptions. Yeah. So so one thing you you kind of mentioned is, uh, you know, doing better for, you know, fly fishing. And you do a lot of fundraising and helping big projects. I just want to point out you have done two things for me personally that I very much appreciate. Uh, number one, when I was with Orvis and we were doing the Devil's River Conservancy, you made custom bracelets that you hadn't made before that mm-hmm. we could sell at the shop. 100% of the proceeds went to the Devil's River Conservancy. So I'm appreciative of that, and I know Devil's River Conservancy is. And then another thing is uh, you helped me out big time with the Hurricane Harvey uh, waiter donation mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that or I not, do. but you helped out, and we were able like. I, I wish I had the numbers of the amount of waiters we collected, yeah. but it was like five, six hundred waiters wow. that we were getting to like first responders to help like people during Hurricane Harvey. And you uh, like helped promote that and were a big part of that. So from me to you, I'm appreciative of that and thank you. And we talked with um, Jess from Mayfly Project, yeah. and he was talking about you on our podcast about how. Uh, you know, you did the, you know, a portion of the proceeds from this day will go to this nonprofit. Yeah. And the amount of money that he mentioned that you were able to raise was just like mind blowing. Oh yeah. I was like yeah. shocked. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when I first started this business, I, this brand, 
you know, I couldn't don't I couldn't write a five thousand dollar check. I couldn't write a hundred dollar check. So what I started to do is I started working with nonprofits, even with uh, you know, like uh, the Indie Fly Foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just say, hey, you know what? Today's piece that I'm going to sell it's an artist edition. It's two hundred bucks. We're gonna um, hundred percent of that's going to go to Indie Fly, and all of a sudden, you know, it would sell on a just turn that money over and boom, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I started it with that, kind of like doing these pop-ups. My background is in social work. So okay. I've got like this passion for wanting to help others. And when it connects with the outdoors and conservation and, and obviously tragedies like, like Harvey. Well, you made custom bracelets for Harvey that 100% of the donation. I bought one. I have yeah, that yeah, redfish they, bracelet. They, they, yep. Like yep. Yeah. You know, those are things that you can do as an individual. Yep. And, um, and I have a lot of people that are starting brands and like, how do we do this? How do we do that? And I didn't take any, I had no playbook, but one of the things I always tell people, it's like, just do the right thing. Yeah. Conservation, you know, do whatever you can to help people, um, enjoy and, and learn about the outdoors. And if you do it, it may pay off. It may not. But for me and my experience, it always pays off. Yeah. And, and that's just trying to do the right thing. I mean, there's, there's people that it becomes a marketing angle mm-hmm. to, you know, whatever you want to do to percentage. And I know a lot of great brands that do that. Like Orvis, obviously, Rep Your Water does a great job. Um, they're, 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 they're doing the, they're doing the, they're one of the originals. Um, but you, even if you do have some, whatever, I'm not, I'm not even going to name any companies. I don't know anyone that does this, but if you're just doing it for marketing, at least you're doing it. Right. Yeah. yeah somebody's benefiting. <laughs> somebody's yeah. benefiting. Yeah. yeah. You buy this and I plant this. If you're really doing that, that's great. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'd rather, you know, have people do that than just not care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so anyways, uh, yeah, I, you know, I do what I can, you know, I'm, I'm far from perfect, but I definitely do enjoy, you know, like I took this rig, this, this trailer, um, our mobile HQ took it down to uh, Marathon. I love that mobile HQ. <laughs> <laughs> that's how big I am. I've got a little trailer that's my mobile HQ. It's, per- hey, it's you know awesome. Everyone wants to sleep in their HQ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I do fit in here, by the way. You know, I'm 6'6", six, six, but I have a queen-size bed in here. <laughs> um, but, you know, rolling down to Florida last year and doing a Captains for Clean Water uh, fundraiser, you know, did I have to do that? No, but was it fun? Hell yeah. Yeah. You know, took my wife down there and... Had a great time. Met a lot of people. Met Benny there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Benny Blanco, and then um, did a trunk show at the seven, uh, at Seven Mile Fly Shop, and had that benefit Captain's for Clean Water, and got to got to look at some tarpon and catch a bonefish. And I mean, who's not gonna love that? Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. So it was fun. So uh, you have like added a lot of things to your repertoire since the bracelets. So what are some of your other products that you started coming out with? I think Zach's wearing one of them. Yeah, I got the ring. Oh, you got the ring? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, so that's our ring. That's the first ring collection we, we came out with about three years ago. Yeah. Uh, silver. Uh, so we have silver and work with bronze. And, um, you know, I would just say right now it's, uh, what, February 19th, 20th? Yeah. I would say uh, look forward to seeing some new um, designs in silver. Uh, but the silver side of things really blossomed during the pandemic. So I had made a full silver bracelet. Mm-hmm. I, I had the Thin Line collection, which is the trout and the redfish and the Grand Slam yep. permit. Um, but those were, um, so I made the original and then I took them to my casting place and then they would make the reproductions. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm I'm literally receiving those. They're all made here in the U.S. And then I would kind of clean them up, and then we'd send them out. The Forge Collection was our new piece. Uh, it's kind of a whole new category for me, where I'm actually creating from a blank slate. <laughs> uh, Jacob with Smith. Um, I'm creating a brand new piece from this, like a uh, thin, like um, whatever base I'm creating that silver base and then adding my bronze pieces or silver pieces too. And I'm adding the elements to that. The forge collection came about from the pandemic because I had an idea to do all silver bracelet or cuff, mm-hmm. but I was always just so busy with, with the regular business. Hey man, COVID started a lot of things. Our oh, podcast yeah. started because of yeah. COVID. Yeah. 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 I mean, We're like, what are we going to do? All right, let's start. Need an excuse to see. Each yeah. Other. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, sitting around the studio and although we got really busy because with Jess, um, we kicked off our nonprofit takeover model mm-hmm. and our retailer takeover model, which was to partner up with our retailers that had to shut their doors uh, during the pandemic. And then we would share half of our sales for one day with them. Yeah. Oh, because people couldn't go to the store. They so couldn't say, go hey, there. Yeah. You know, you buy here, it's like just like buying it there. Yeah. So, you know, I'm in my studio thinking it's over. I got to go find a job at UPS or Amazon because I don't know who's going to be buying bracelets right now. Yeah. I just pivoted and said, you know what? I'm going to go to my retailers that just shut down and I'm going to work with them. And for about 40 days, you know, month and a half, we probably did 30 takeovers. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and it provided me with a stable income, provided me a way to keep paying my employee. And then we were raising money for our, for our other shops. Yeah. And it wasn't even raising money. We were partnering. And they would send out an email saying, hey, you know, February 20th, um, Sightline Provisions is going to be splitting their, their, their sales on the website with us. And all of a sudden, you have a surge of sales that were benefiting wow. both of us. Yeah. And a lot of people have come to me and said, that is so nice of you. And you're so, you're so generous. And I'm thinking, dude, I was just trying to survive. And doing that partnership with nonprofits was great. We did one with, with Mayfly. We did one with Captains for Clean Water, um, you know, uh, IndieFly. And it was just a great way to like give back and really amp up people's participation. What was your biggest donation that you made for the partnering? I'm just curious if you want to share. Um, well, you know, last year we did the captains, the, the road trip to, to Florida. Yeah. To Florida. And I mean, I think we did, now I don't remember, but it might have been in the fours, the four, $4,000. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, that's a lot of bracelets. No, yeah. It's a lot of money for me. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that I'm able to do that was pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, and it's just the awareness factor, too. And, you know, like if you're doing a special bracelet, People are excited about that, and they maybe they learn about the Mayfly project and say, "You know what? I want to be a a mentor." Yeah. yeah, and so it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you you did the Indyfly. I think that's what caused me to actually look into it and see what was going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, yeah. And that's another organization that's grown a lot since I first started because we were almost we we're almost parallel. You know, mm-hmm. they had Oliver White and all these other guys started this foundation, and then they were. Just starting, and then I was just starting, and I just started doing my thing, and they've grown really well um, too, and doing a lot of great things around the world for uh, indigenous people, yeah, and helping them understand the resource they've got, understanding that they can, uh, you know, instead of killing this, uh, you know, this fish, they 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 can just preserve the fish, and then have people come fish for that fish, yeah. you know, uh, the arrow, 
what am I blanking that Arapaima? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, that's great for those those communities to understand. Wind River right now, the Wind River uh, Reservation, there's a big project going on there, a big push. Uh, hopefully it'll be part of that this year. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on with IndieFly, too. Yeah. So you uh, going back to your products, you have the you know the Forge new Forge collection. You did the rings. You have some necklaces too, I think. Yeah, we've got the necklaces that we did also when uh, a couple years ago we reintroduced them, and then I started doing some Forge versions where I'm hand I'm, I'm making each one of those. I'm looking really forward to creating um, some reproductions of the forge pieces, uh-huh. so you still get that really that layered look, mm-hmm. and it's gonna look. I mean, it's just, it's just trying. It's all evolving. Yeah. Yeah. As a brand, and I wish I could tell you that I had a great product roadmap, and then that was. Just I was going to ask. That was going to be my next question. Do you have like anything that's like in your in your head that I you really want to do? Always yeah. have. Always testing new things. Oh my god! Yeah. You know, if I there's one idea that I feel like once I get it nailed, it's going to be like, it's going to be the next level for me. It's you know, I feel like as a category creator, in terms of like you know fishing bracelets bear bracelets outdoor bracelets i know i didn't invent that but i created the style and the look that when people see a bra- a sightline bracelet they go oh i i i you know like i don't know that, i'm trying to think of what that is and then some people are like oh i know that's sightline provisions yeah. yeah that's what i wanted to do and so this new product that if i if i nail it it's going to be a fun thing to do it's not anything big but it's going to be um i think it's going to be a game changer and it's going to allow people to wear their sightline everywhere even if they don't like bracelets you know really? okay yeah. now you got my wheels i know, I know. Like, what, what hey, could it ooh. be <laughs> yeah but you know this year is going to bring a lot of fun stuff um you know as a brand i've grown and i've got some plans for uh you know i don't want to get into a the apparel game because i mean there's a lot of but at the same time i can't i have people that want certain designs well you've been doing hats and you were doing like small batch order hats yeah. for a while yeah 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 so and like, those were like selling out like yeah. you know at 50 dollars a pop i felt i felt kind of like a jerk thing at 50 bucks for this you hat. Did that, you did that exclusive thing where it was like hey, this, yeah this but is it. if you only do 40 hats and each hat's got one of your badges on it the metal the stainless steel badges yeah. like i did for you uh, you know, you're looking at a $29 hat, and then yeah. your badge and the stainless and everything you do to it and the powder coat. Oh yeah, yeah, it adds up to 50 bucks. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, and I don't, I don't fault anyone for saying I'm not going to be 50 bucks for a hat. That's okay. It's your money. You it's know? okay. Yeah, you don't have to because someone else definitely <laughs> did. Yeah, and I had fun with that. I mean, I, I had a, I had a good time with it. And um, you know, but we've got some new hat designs that are going to be dropping, and it, and of course everyone loves hats, so that's yeah. that's kind of a that's a no brainer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we'll see. You'll see. Start seeing some bigger products that are going to be. I like to find things that people aren't doing. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, bracelets. Everyone's doing them, but the way I did them, no different. One has, no one has done that. Yeah, yeah. And that's you know, I'm starting to see other people coming. And you're up with constantly theirs. evolving it too, because I'm looking at that bracelet right there. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, the badge is, you know, interconnected through the leather yeah, as no opposed to on, on the leather. Yeah, the yeah. Totally different. Yeah. yeah. So, so the classic style is going to be the one with the sight line and the rivets on either side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this is a streamlined collection, which has got almost like, it's like a watch band yeah. vibe where you like have the straps going through either side of it. And it keeps it more slim. Um, this piece here is one of the Bill Oyster 
uh, pieces that we did. Oh yeah, because you you uh, partner with uh, Oyster Bamboo Oyster Rods, Bamboo, and they yeah. do the uh, like uh, what you know the engraving. term for it. engraving. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Bill, like really intricate artwork. Yeah, and Bill. Uh, so Oyster Bamboo started out as a bamboo rod making company, and he would make he had these amazing tapers. He's a, I mean, a, amazing craftsman. Him and his wife had started this this company over twenty years ago. They've often been imitated, but like the way they do things, it's just you just can't imitate that. And then he became a master engraver. So he's making these amazing engravings. And I was fortunate enough to, to you know, I I stick my nose in places that people don't <laughs> think I'm going to stick my nose, and I got to know them. Had a great time. We connected, and um, as far as I know, right now we're the only person that's ever, uh, only company that's collaborated with them. Mm. They've been around for twenty years, so um, you know, we uh, we've done three collaborations, and um, this one here is the Hillary Hutchinson uh, collaboration. So we, I, I bring in a, uh, one of our sightline provisioners, which is our ambassador group, and then I have uh, Hillary participate in this one we did a west slope cutthroat trout top view with the rocks yeah the it's, bed. it looks yeah. great and, and so um bill actually hand embellished this one we did a, a small run of 10 special ones um with a part of the proceeds going to four organizations that hillary wanted to earmark that money mm. for and um and so i've been really fortunate with some of those collaborations they're they're one of the top ones i've ever had and you know they're a small brand they're a but they're really well known and they're great people. Yeah. Um, but then I've been lucky with some other collaborations. You know, Costa Sunglasses has been one of my biggest, um, one of the biggest companies I've worked with, and I've really enjoyed our evolution as yeah. kind of partners in, in in making their their iconic C. Yeah. In the sightline, that was fun. Um, we still we're, we have some great things for 2022 coming out, um, and then. Uh, we did the Yeti collaboration, which was, that was like, holy shit, that's <laughs> pretty amazing. Because when I first came into the business, I just saw Yeti. I'm like, I want to be, I want to do something with Yeti. But yeah. of course, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. yeah. And that worked out great in 2019. And that was a lot of fun. But, you know, David Mangum, he's one of our ambassadors, he's a provisioner. We did a collaboration with him and Blaine Chocolate with the Game Changer. And it, 2019 was the year of the collab for me. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I had a lot. I had about six collaborations that happened within two months. Oh. <laughs> and people it was a like, lot. It was a lot. Yeah. It was way too much. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, your your pride gets ahead of you and you think, this is awesome. And you just drop, every week you're dropping a new collab, like Yeti, Sims, yep. you know, Costa. And people are like, holy shit. That's <laughs> something, let it breathe a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you still doing that uh, uh, artwork that you used to do with the uh, aluminum cans? Aluminum cans? Um, not. I haven't made one of those in a while. Yeah. Um, I do have clients that will request me, you know, make another piece. And, yeah. you know, it is fun to do, but the studio has changed. It used to be a studio for art, and now it's for leather work. Yeah. yeah. And I've got deadlines, and I've got projects, and I've got, you know, new products. And so... Making artwork kind of messes everything up, and um, and I'll still do it. It's still fun, but yeah. it's not something I really want. I mean, it's hard not to say. It's hard to say no to people that have paid you thousands of dollars and are and are clients. Yeah. Um, but most of them understand. 
Yeah. And sometimes I'll even have a piece in storage and I say, well, I got this piece. And they're like, perfect, sold. Like, yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, are you doing anything that's not for silent? Kind of like along the art, like making those pieces. But like, are you working on anything uh, personally just to kind of get away from it all and kind of, you know, be a little creative with something else? You know, the Forge collection yeah. gives me that outlet. Yeah. Um, I've made the commitment to Sightline yeah. as a as not just an art an artist but a designer and a founder. Yeah. And um and I need to I need to focus as much as possible with that. And so, you know, going going bird hunting, upland hunting and going fishing, which I don't do as much as I as I was doing during the pandemic. Um that gives me those outlets. Yeah. Uh, I've recently started birding, um, so looking for birds. I mean, although I do hunt upland hunt, so that's like bird watching with a gun. You know, I, I I'm taking my my daughter down next week or a couple weeks down to the Rio Grande Valley and hired a guide, a birding guide. Yeah, and actually see what it's about, and actually you know get a good pair of binoculars and. Get your little notebook and start checking off the list. Yeah. So yeah. You, are you guys taking pictures? Or are you just out there to um, to see them. You can you can take pictures. I mean, if you have a really long lens, but yeah, uh, for the most part, you see them, you spot them with your binoculars, or you listen, you hear yeah. them. Yeah. And that's kind of the fun thing. And yeah. some of the birds will sit there for a while. This morning, I went birding with my daughter before the show, and um, did you guys see anything cool? Yeah, uh, a kestrel. Okay. So we were really far away, and I thought, you know, that looks weird on top of that tree. And she thought it was a dove, and I, we had this little you know, banter, like, I, I don't think it's a dove. And she's like, it's a dove. I'm like, I've, I've shot enough dove to know that's not a dove. <laughs> <laughs> and when we got up there, it was we started seeing that little curved beak, and I thought, in the silhouette. And, and then all of a sudden, she started coming around, and we got up to, I want to say, like 30 yards away. And it extended its wings up. It wasn't flying. It just kind of like stretches wings, yeah. and then we're like, "Oh my god, that that's not a dove. That that's a that's a bird of prey." Yeah, and yeah. It was, it was a it was a kestrel. And that's awesome. Yeah. It was really fun. It was a great moment because you know you bond. My my daughter's twenty one, and so yeah, it's fun to kind of do things like you know I try to get her on the water, and she loves the outdoors, and she'll go out with me. But um, you know, I want to do stuff that she's interested in, and I'm starting to get really interested in in that birding aspect too. Yeah. yeah. Where has uh, what are some cool places that your relationships with Sightline have taken you? Man, I'm really really fortunate to to, to say that I've been able to go to some amazing places. Um, Jurassic Lake down in Argentina. I saw those pictures. Yeah, that was an amazing opportunity. Uh, there were retailers, so I had to do a house call. Yeah, I had to deliver <laughs> some product and make sure the display looked right. Yep. Um, <laughs> And that team down there, uh, Lou's got them dialed in. And uh, you would think, I thought maybe like, oh, maybe I'll be bored catching all these big fat rainbows. But, man, every day was a different day. Yeah. You know, some days you'd have 60-mile-per-hour winds, and I was still out there trying to get it, you know, you know on the beach trying to catch something. And then you've got um, the beautiful uh, Rio Barrancoso goes right into the yeah. mouth right there. And then you just see like 30-inch fish and like 10-foot wide part of the mm -hmm. river and you're like that's amazing yeah uh that was great um right before the pandemic i got to go to the seychelles which is that bucket that's list right yeah you I, didn't get stuck there did you that'd be I a great place <laughs> to get stuck yeah, i heard someone got some people got stuck. i did hear <laughs> some people tired. got they stuck come back they yeah. got tired you run out of flies like what am i gonna do <laughs> <laughs> can't die anymore <laughs> yeah so um that was an amazing opportunity and um you know alphonse 
fishing company. They're also a retailer. Before I got there, I went into, I, you have to fly through Dubai. So I met with, uh, I stayed there with Nick. Oh, yeah, I saw you were in Dubai. Yeah, so Ocean yeah. Active uh, Fly, they've got a, a great fishery there where if you're going to go to the Seychelles, go through Dubai, and then Nick will set you up, and you'll go out and catch queenfish. Oh, yeah. Mm. With the Dubai skyline behind you. Oh, that's mm. insane. Yeah. And, um, and Nick was a great host. I mean, great guide, got us out there. Um, and we, you know, I was able to get my, my queen right at the end. They weren't, they weren't cooperating. Yeah. Um, but they're a lot of fun. You find them and you start casting to them as they're, you know, they're, they're looking for bait. And, and, and so I was able to get that uh, queenfish checked off. And then that night had a great trunk show at his place, you know, made some money. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day we went to the Seychelles and um, went to Alf, uh, Alphonse Fishing Company again in the Seychelles and, you know, got my, my GT, got, got my bonefish fisheries just insane. And I, and I was just learning how to saltwater fish at this point because I was still getting my double haul down and I was just used to freshwater fishing and, you know, you get on a bow of a boat, you know, that, that's intimidating. Like I went to Ascension Bay before that mm. and, um, that was hard. You know, you don't, you don't have to permit and you've never really seen a permit and you're like, I don't see it. And it's just this black line. Like it, it's their dorsal. Yeah. And you don't realize what you're looking at. Yeah. And, and your knees are shaking and you're just nervous. And so doing that really was helpful. And then you're spending, you know, six days of fishing, Every day, yeah, on a skiff, on a on the bow, on the bow of a boat, uh, doing serious um, wading. So, like they call it surf walks, and you're literally just walking through like reefs, not not reefs, but like the coral, and you see a GT. We ran, I think the last GT I hooked into, it was about I would say a 300 yard sprint cause, to get to it. To get to it, because yeah. the guide saw it and said they're over there. And we had walked about two hours that day already, and you're sprinting and you're just like, and I had worked out before I went, I, I worked out for like three months to, to prepare for it, to prepare. And that paid off. Cause I wanted to quit halfway through there. Cause it's not just like sprinting on a grass field here. You're running, you know, you're running on uneven terrain in water, and, right? And, like waist deep. Yeah. Knee, knee high to yeah. thigh high. And any one of these pieces of coral just slash your, 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 your leg open. Yeah. And, um, got to it, made the cast, set the hook and it was just amazing it was the most amazing feeling i've had as a as a, uh, with a fly rod in my hand yeah. yeah i've ever had because it all came together yeah but that was an amazing experience that i yeah when i first started the brand you know um one of our provisioners christian Pretoris, he was uh we were sitting around um i got to go to abaco as well yeah the bahamas uh abaco lodge which is no longer there i'm i'm hearing that they're going to rebuild it um Christian was working there as the manager and we were sitting around the fire pit one day and my wife was there and he was telling us about the Seychelles and all these amazing, you know, experiences. And, you know, my wife kind of looked at me like, yeah, well, you're going to have to be making a lot of money to go there. (laughs) And so that was a a great opportunity to do that as a part of my business, part of my brand, which um, I feel very fortunate to yeah. have been done because I literally started out as some guy that just fly fished the Guadalupe River and that's it. Yeah. yeah. Well, how did you, how did you start fly fishing? What got you into it? Well, I've always loved fishing. Period. So growing up in Southern California, 
uh, we'd go to the the local park and you'd go catch bluegill. I'd you know I'd go to my mom. She cut each. They always would make you know my family would always make carne asada on a Sunday afternoon. So she'd cut me off some pieces of carne asada. I'd take it, put it on a hook, and just go <laughs> catch some bluegills. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, and then I bought a fly rod at a thrift store. And it was like a Fenwick. I don't even, like. I remember the color, and that's it. I'm pretty sure it was like a Fenwick, and I didn't know what I was doing. I went to a bait and tackle store, and I got some flies that they were selling there. And I would just go there and imagine like not knowing what what you're going to catch with this fly, and you're trying to catch bluegill. And eventually, I would just put a salmon egg, salmon egg hook on there and put some carnassa and catch them with a fly. <laughs> even rod. on the fly. <laughs> and then I would go. How and, old were you at this? Oh, point? probably like eight or nine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I would get my little ultralight spinning rod, put it on the end of that fly rod and just fish with that. Cause I really wanted that bend. Yeah. And so I did that. But then my whole childhood my teenage years and my early adulthood, I loved, uh, I loved fish, spinning rods mm-hmm. and moved to Texas. And then it was like, there's water everywhere yeah. and there's fish in all these spots. So I started working with a bait caster, became proficient with that. And a, a buddy of mine at the time told me like, Hey, there's, there's rainbow trout in the Guadalupe river and i thought i never knew that i'm like kind of dumbfounded what year was this do you think 2006 okay Okay. yeah because we had just moved here and we lived in um in south austin and he said yeah but it's a fly fishing river and i'm like great i i would love to fly fish and so he kind of showed me you know brought me down and kind of did his best to kind of teach me how to how to use a fly rod and borrow a fly rod and you know nymphing was kind of the thing that i started with but then i just i hate nymphing i just have a hard time with it and uh i know sometimes you just like i I, i'm like i need to catch fish i want to catch fish so i put a nymph on and i'll do it yeah but you know the woolly bugger is like the best beginner fly to use because i would literally just cast that down as best i could let the current take it and just start stripping it back little by little and you get whacked yeah (laughs) um and so that's how i learned fly fishing here uh, so at the time I was probably in my late 30 or mid thirties. Okay. And, um, and I would take my fly rod and my spin rod and I would, you know, take a trip cause I was doing all these art festivals and I would stop off in like the, you know, Yakima river. One time I stopped off and turn off, got my license online and sat there and I threw out a rooster tail with my spin rod and uh-huh. like hooked into this most beautiful rainbow trout I've ever seen. And, and then you see a drift boat come by and they're all just staring you down and you're thinking, what, what, what's the big deal? And they're like, oh, this is all fly fishing. Oh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I always relied on the, on the, on the, on the spinning rod. Yeah. Yeah. But once you leave that spinning rod at home and you just say, I'm committing to fly. Yeah. Then that's when you just, you get better. Yeah. You, do you still bust out the spin rod every now and then? Once in a while. Yeah. I'll, I'll get my bait caster out. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, it's just, I, I don't want to say I'm a purist because I just love fishing period. Yeah. But, um, Something about a fly rod, it's just there is, yeah. It's like it's the thrill of the hunt, you know. You can, you know, sometimes obviously sometimes the fly rod's more effective than a any other, yeah. You know, tackle, and um, you know, I think the thing that turned me on the most is is saltwater, the saltwater, uh, you know, especially a redfish tailing, yeah, yeah. And you hit them at the right spot, and well, that's hunting. Is that fishing or hunting? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's it's hunting, and I, I tell people all the time, it's like you can go hunting with a rifle. Uh, or you can go with a bone arrow, and yeah. you'll. I mean, every to, everyone's gonna do it the way they want to do it. I just love to fly fish. Yeah, I yeah. I, lo- I just love being out there and 
and not necessarily worry about how many fish I'm going to catch. It's just absorbing it and, and enjoying the, the moment. Yeah. yeah, I think falling in love with it, too, is that it just reminds me of when I was a kid running through the woods, not even having a fly rod or a, even a spin rod or anything, and just being there, being like standing ankle deep in a little creek, just like oh, looking yeah. at everything, you know. Oh, That's yeah. half of it. Yeah. What's your most memorable fish on the fly? One that you're just going to like, you're 98 years old, and you're telling somebody a fishing story, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're like, what's that story? What's that fish? So, I mean, I just told you the GT, which was, yeah, I would say was the, was the highest. Like, that was like, like literally can cry. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, I got my first rooster fish on the fly this past November. Oh, really? And that was pretty awesome because it was not. I mean, I didn't do it on the beach like everyone wants to. So you hop on an ATV. No, man, that's a young man's game. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'll jump off the ATV and I'll just I'll just snap a uh, Achilles tendon and I'll just be in a, in a hospital for the rest of the vacation. But um, and I will do that one day. Yeah. I will definitely get out there. I want to try that. But um, I went out uh, with a guide, uh, Juan Lucero, down in um, it's in the La Ventana area of Baja and. Uh, I met him through, uh, I stayed at a hotel there, Hotel Tobo Bien, and they kind of hooked me up with him. And uh, I just, I was just, I had one day because it was a family trip. And when I found out that there were roosters there, I thought, I got to do this. And, you know, my wife's like, I said, you know, okay, go have, one, you know, go have one day. I took my buddy who'd never fly fish before, kind of taught him some basics before we left and um, went out there, was trying so hard on these fish you know, trying to catch one, you'd see the bait boils and, you know, stripping it through those bait, bait balls. And you're just like, they wouldn't take it. And I was just really gripping too hard. And he said, look, you know what? I'm going to take you in. I'm going to take you by the beach and you're going to catch one. It's going to be a little one, but you're going to catch your first one. Cause he knew I was trying really hard. Yeah. My first time out there. And, you know, 15 minutes later, I hooked up to a little guy and it was like, you know, 24 inches long. It was nice. And once we kind of got that off the, you know, got that done, he took me right back to where the big ones were. And first cast, I hooked up. Yeah. It was just, like, pretty amazing to see these fish up close. Cause yeah. it was just, I mean, the iridescence and the black, that comb that pops up, yeah. and they're just gorgeous. The water is so blue. Mm. And then you're right next to the desert. Yeah. Because the desert ends right there. Mm. And there's these cliffs, and you can see the cactus, and you can see like it's like you're at the, you're in the desert. That's cool. Next to the ocean, that was, I mean, it might be because it's the freshest one in my mind. Um, that was most memorable. And then right after that, we went to. Did your buddy catch one on that? That's trip? what I was going yeah. to. Yeah. So he he you know catching a rooster fish that you got to cast. I was I was laying out. I so my bamboo rod that I built my Bill Oyster bamboo rod was a nine weight. I was laying it out there like 60, 70. You took I mean, that rod with you to oh catch yeah. it. Heck oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, hell yeah. And I was yeah. scared every minute. I'm, I'm, I'm putting pressure on this thing. I'm, please don't break. Because I made it. Yeah. yeah. I, I took that class with Bill in June, and I made that rod there. So you know it's an oyster rod, but you made it. It freaks you out. You got a you know 25-pound fish on it. And you're like, please don't break. Yeah. But we caught that fish. I was riding that high. And I'm like, let's go get you a mahi <laughs> and he's like really i'm like yeah so we went out because juan's like we can go get we can go find one and right where he stopped where they usually are there was one about 20 feet off the bow and my buddy got up there and i said do what i taught you on the beach and he 
he laid out a bomb of twenty feet. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but that's all he ne- that's all he needed. That that mahi came and went, hit it. He got tight, and he just I said yank on that sucker. Don't lift that. He doesn't know what a trout set is, which mm-hmm. is great. Yes, he doesn't yeah. know what. Not he doesn't to do. know. But yeah. you know, you got to tell him like once you got it in, you got to like get that rod and got to put the wood to him. Yep. And so um, we caught that fish. And took him 25 minutes to bring in. I threw the drone up, got some great epic photos of it jumping. And yeah. it, I was so happy for him, you know. Oh, man. And uh, we ate that fish that night. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I'll, I'll keep the occasional redfish. Yeah. But that Dorado, that, that mahi, I wanted it because um, it was like, almost like our birthday dinner. Yeah, yeah like a little celebration. Yeah, yeah, we took it back to the hotel and they, they, they made some ceviche and some pescado uh, oh, la plancha. That is awesome. awesome. And I'm happy. And it's really cool to be there with friends when they experience their first fish oh, on the yeah. fly and you're there and you helped them get there half time that's better than doing the, it yourself. yeah i was like, gonna say oh, a like lot of times through them you're like oh, this a is... lot of times better yeah it feels better you feel better when they do it than yeah. when you do it oh yeah especially him he had no idea what yeah. he was into yeah. yeah and then he hit it and got it and i was like and he's probably hooked for life now yeah he and he works for oakley he's a you know he's 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 active he's yeah. you know snowboarder a mountain biker he's always been into the action sports and for me, I mean, I want to I wanna make that fishing buddy that I can say, hey, you want to go here? Yeah. And yeah. I know he's got the ability to do it. And yeah. now it's going to be like, you know, now we can go catch a redfish in Orlando. That's where you live. Yeah. And then get him hooked even more. And then, yeah. you know, but it was awesome. I had a great time. No, that sounds awesome. That's awesome. What's your next trip? Where are you, what are you doing now? Um, you well, have anything on the uh, schedule? Right now I don't. Uh you know, with COVID, with everything kind of opening up and closing down, opening up, closing down, it's been kind of a, I'm trying to get down to Baja. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would like to get down to Baja in May. Um, I've got uh, the IFTD show, which is the industry trade show yep. in Utah. Yep. You buy the bathroom go. again? No. <laughs> 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 I'll be, I'll have this, I'll have this rig in there. I have my in the, oh, in nice. there. double Inside? booth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll be there, uh, presenting our new products for, um, for spring. And then, uh, I think I'm going to try to tie in a cutthroat, a Rio Grande cutthroat yeah. day yeah. Nice. going through New Mexico. Um, and then I'm flirting with, don't tell my wife, I'm flirting with the idea about, uh, taking this rig up to Canada and doing a trunk show at one of our retailers, but it's really up in the air if I'm going to be able to do it because I figure I'm halfway there. Yeah. Oh, when you're uh, in Utah. In Utah. Yeah. But that would be a long trip to be go away f- from home. Yeah. Yeah. But and how is it getting across the border now? That's what I'm going to find out. Yeah. Because I mean, obviously, everything that's happening with truckers it's changing weekly. Yeah. Too, and the truckers weekly, thing. Yeah. And yeah. oh yeah, I forgot about the and also thing, you know too. I've got a commercial vehicle. You know, my truck and my my trailer are commercial vehicles yeah. because they're owned by a business there's a whole like to making sure you can do that yeah because i don't want to drive all the way up there and find out right. i have to turn yep. around <laughs> yeah. um, back to texas so that that's kind of on the you know potentially out there i'm um potentially trying to get something lined up for florida go try to catch my first tarpon on the fly yeah um maybe even louisiana uh but honestly I've been riding this wave. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do plan here and there. Like, even the Seychelles trip, that was a th- three, two month. Like, I found out two months before I went. Yeah. You know, going to Jurassic, same thing. 
YOLO. Six months. Just get after it, it man. Yeah. 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 So, Be ready for anything. So it's a lot of fun. I'm, yeah. you know, and, and I'm looking to experience adventure in other ways, too, not just fly fishing, you know. Now that I've got this trailer, going to Big Bend, yeah. you know, going birding with my daughter, uh, you know, upland hunting, which, you know, last October I got my first sharp tail up in, up up near Colorado. And, um, you know, I just came back from the West Texas uh, hosted trip with Spoke Hollow Outfitters mm. and um, got my first blue quail or oh, scaled nice. quail. And that, those experiences are just uh, exhilarating when you're running up a hill and the hill's not like, it's like loose limestone and shale and you're just trying not to die because everything wants to kill you out there. You know, everything's pokey or spiny or thorny or venomous. Yeah. Or venomous. <laughs> um, but that was an experience that, uh, you know, we're looking to have an, a hosted trip in, in, uh, fall 22 or early 23. Mm. That is going to be fun. Yeah. Um, we're trying to maybe coincide it with dove, hunt, dove uh, the second half dove season. Yeah. Um, cause there are a lot of dove out there, but, um, it, it's been fun. It's just been fun learning more about the outdoors. It's not just fly fishing. Yeah. yeah. That's the brand's always been an outdoor brand. It's just skewed fly fishing because I love to fly fish. And yeah. then all these doors started opening up and it's been great. Well, and fly fishers love your product. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then it's kind of like, yeah, it just kind of snowballs. Yeah. So yeah. that's what's on the docket right now. And um, like I said, I, I'm still, I, one day I'll have a calendar that I can <laughs> go by. <laughs> Hey, man, sometimes um, it's better not to have a calendar. Yeah, if you don't need one. You know? Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, it, once you get to a certain level, you got to start organizing yourself in a way yeah. that yeah. you can't really, um, you know, the, the great thing about the pandemic for me as a business is I didn't have a long-term plan, so I just pivoted. Yeah. You know, you've got big brands that have to pivot. That's a big ship they got to turn. Yeah. Mine is, like, super small, and I can go in and out anything, and it's I'm not going to really lose much. Yeah. And I actually have an advantage. But then eventually you got to really start understanding that you've created a brand and you have a responsibility to, to keep bringing in things that are fresh and new and exciting. And that's what I'm really wanting to do. Yeah. Awesome. Edgar, thank you for coming on. Where, <laughs> yeah, where can people find you and, uh, buy your product? Are you going to be at uh brew fest next week? I'm not, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't do many things, um, on the road. Uh, and then the, this is obviously our home waters here yeah. at Guadalupe uh tu trout fest um so you can find us at sightlineprovisions.com yep uh you can also find us on instagram at sightlineprovisions.com and obviously facebook the same thing and then um yeah it's pretty much you know we have retailers all over the country uh we do have them worldwide as well but you know we've got over 100 retailers they're all going to be the majority are going to be small fly shops uh, you'll have your bigger fly shops as well, and as well as some outdoor retailers. So um, support your local fly shop. Go ch- ask them if they got Sightline. If they got one, try one on and hopefully buy one. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, we appreciate. We I'm really glad. do appreciate. Yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, we've especially burning the midnight oil here at. I know. I know. <laughs> My wife's like, I thought you're going to be home at five forty-five. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Pretty sure. Awesome. But, all right. All right. Cool. We're good. Yeah. Could cue the music. Bye.